Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. The time to waste went to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blinding passion, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his fire.
citizenship is in heaven and that all these things that are happening here are really just wonderful heralding. It's, it's a heralding of a time that we have all so deeply and desperately, really desperately from the very bottom of our hearts have been wishing for now for, well, at least for me, it's been well over 12 years, 12 years for the radio show. We're heading uh, coming into the year 2024. We'll be heading toward the 13 year mark. And then uh, all the years even before that, Father, going back into, you know, shortly after 9-11 when I got my first, um, when I got that email from uh, uh, Betsy E. Ball and it had that uh, MP3 attachment in it of Alex Jones ranting about something or another way back in like 2024, I think it was. And wondering, who is this? And going and looking at that, and one thing leads to another. Next thing you know, I'm watching Richard Gage and finding out that the buildings were brought down by controlled demolition. And uh, one thing leads to another, and then the website goes up in 2009. By then, I had already had 400 PowerPoint slides up, and I was, had convinced myself that I was going to do some kind of a free tour at, uh, at uh, Golden Corral, you know, uh, rooms and just invite people and help them to see the things that were coming to warn people of the things that were about to happen on the earth and having realized that, you know, or at least connected to some extent, some of the dots that were associated with the the concept of aliens and fallen angels and all the different, you know, the Sumerian stuff and the, the clay cylinders and buried in the land of Ur where Job was, you know, you know, lived and all the things that, you know, the Illuminati and how it all plugged in together and the ancient, you know, satanic mysteries that I didn't really completely understand at the time. And still, I think many of us don't and would rather not. Father, we just thank you for, you know, along this journey for opening our eyes to the things that are so glorious. Help us to remember to take time to smell the roses, to smell the flowers, to take time to look at the Spitzer Space Telescope to take time to look at the Hubble Space Telescope, to take time to look at the incredible artwork, the, the nebulas. There's so many new, beautiful, beautiful uh, imagery now that is coming down from some of these telescopes that has never come down before. Uh, pictures of the butterfly. I saw a picture of the butterfly nebula just recently, and it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And the, the vividness of the colors, the crystal clarity of the entire image, even when it was blown up, pretty big was just beyond words father you are incredible i cannot imagine what it must be like to be even near the throne room i'd love to be able to peek my ears around the corner and hear all of the hustle and the bustle and in the different courts of heaven and all the things that are happening right now there and amidst all of these uh, war dynamics the end times uh, events that are happening the prophecies the fulfillment of the holy word uh, it's got to be unbelievably exciting the setting of the tables for the bride of jesus Christ for the wedding supper, all these things, the clamor, the excitement of the angels, the excitement of an innumerable company of angels, the excitement of all of those who are residing up in the city of Mount Zion, the city of the living God, with just men made perfect, Father. Uh, it's, just, it's just an amazing thing for us to be able to embrace and to imagine uh, with our hearts and just in, you know completely envelope ourselves in such incredible ecstasy to even imagine the glory that exists up there right now, the excitement of the times, uh, the excitement that Jesus must have, knowing that 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 shout, that midnight shout is about to happen at any moment. We don't know when. We could be here for a while. We have no concept of time here, Father. You know that. 
We'd like to. We'd like you to just reveal to each of our hearts. We would like to embrace the scripture, Lord Jesus, where you told us that we are your friends. For those who are obedient to the will of the Father are your friends. Those who are obedient to the words that you have asked us to be obedient to, even through the the disciples and you know the and through, or through the apostles, Father. And we just praise you. We we what we hope that we can can walk in that that glory and walk in the excitement, the the um, the anticipation of what we have ahead of us, that we can be counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you at the wedding supper. We that's all that we want. That's all that we desire. We don't, you know, none of us. I don't think any of us want to wake up tomorrow. I don't think there's a single one of us that wants to wake up and say, oh, goody, goody. You know, here we get to go through another day. Um, I don't think there's any of us that feel that way. I think I think most of us are awake and aware. We've taken a thousand milligram, maybe the two thousand milligram, you know, uh, a red pill at this point, Father. And, you know, it, it carries it comes with it, a heavy burden. And and I think, you know, the, the understanding how glorious all of this really is the, the table that you have set before us the excitement of the of being able to stand before you in your courts of heaven being able to stand before you in the in the throne room, throne room of God before the four and twenty elders understanding just being able to see the layout of the wedding supper I mean I just can't even imagine I mean there's so many pictures and paintings and things renditions uh, computer generated uh, 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 imagery of what the wedding supper may look like but really when you when you know if we're honest with each other and if we're honest with ourselves none of those could possibly capture the glory the size the magnitude the beauty of all that that's going to be there for us and 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 we have got to really work hard on our own selves not just for identifying and doing self-examination judging ourselves and looking for opportunities to enhance our walk and the harmony that we have with um our desire to be in perfect, you know, in, in lockstep with your will, but also to be able to, to, to dwell, you know, dwell in that secret place of the Most High, not only uh, in the sense that we're spending that extra time that's, that's so necessary right now to pray for our fellow brothers and sisters and to pray for the lost people of the world, but also to be to to dwell in that secret place of the most high by truly living and keeping our mind stayed on things above and not on things of this world and understanding that what that actually means to be able to recollect to remember with some vivid uh memory uh the 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 untold number of millions of colors the beauty of the the music that played uh everywhere amidst heaven father to be able to walk through fields and see trees and step on flowers and have them spring back that there's no decay there's no brown leaves everything is absolutely gorgeous beyond words to be able to breathe underwater to have conversations with animals to be in a place of glory and beauty that is so far transcends the wildest imaginations that we could ever have uh, it's just it's just so amazing and father we just pray that that joy will just compl- not just permeate our heart but overwhelm our hearts that that when we wake up in the morning and our feet hit the ground when we realize the the for those of us who have to work in the um you know the workplace of the end times which is well, where, where we are today, that, 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 that we will, you know, t- look at the things that are placed before us that are, you know, that anyone, any normal 
normal thinking individual would look at our schedules and say, that's impossible. It cannot be done. Uh, it is not possible to do that. You cannot achieve it. It is, it is simply not achievable. And to look at it and take it on and say, you know what, with, with a total grain of salt and just be able to look at it and say, you know, let's just look at it as, as, a, uh, as a challenge. Let's, let's, let's ride with it. Let's run with it. Let's, let's, let's believe. Let's stand in that belief. Let's know beyond, you know, with our hearts, just completely immerse ourselves in your glory and, 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 the, and accept the miracles that you're going to lay before us. Accept them and praise you for them because we know that they're going to come. Father, I want to praise you and thank you before every single listener of this program for allowing me to get that which I have done well, on behalf of one of my clients, you know which one it was that was really bugging me and keeping me up at night, causing me to snap to and wake up at 2 o'clock at 2.30 in, in the morning, not not be able to get sleep and just you know tossing and turning and sweating like it says in, I think it's in Psalms, but maybe it's Proverbs, but maybe Psalms. I don't remember where it says that we, uh, we swim, really, we swim in our sheets from the sweat. And Father, you know that I've lived that life for so long, and I, I really hope that this new job would take me away from that, but it hasn't. In fact, it's just thrown <laughs> me in deeper water. I'm at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, and all the only sign of me are the bubbles that are rising up to the top of the ocean. And I just praise you, Father. I pray that you will continue to work on my heart that I will be able to look at all these things as a challenge and be able to believe. It's the hardest thing of all is to actually truly believe, to know in my heart, just like I pray that every other listener of this program can do some at some point in their walk, be able to, to, to embrace the things that we have laid before us and know, you know, even as we look at them, to, to say to ourselves, no, you know, I, as I, you know it, it, it's absolutely impossible. You look at it, you're, you say it's impossible. You look at Mount Rushmore before it was carved and you say, that's impossible. I can't do that until it's done. And Father, I just want to praise you for showing me that time and time again. Um, I don't know if the client's going to accept the work. I don't know. It looks done to me. And I don't know if the client's going to accept the work. They may completely reject it, and I may have to go back to the drawing board, and I'm not speaking negativity into into the work. I'm speaking, I'm praising you, Father, because I'm going to believe with all of my heart they're going to like it, and that uh, there will be very little, if any, uh, edit request, and, and that uh, perhaps uh, I can just check the box, and it'll be done, and it'll be to your glory, Father, because there's... I thought for sure I was going to have to stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning working on it, but so far I haven't. Father, I just praise you. I, I just thank you for everything, every blessing that you have given us, every blessing that you have given every listener, and I just pray in Jesus' name that we will continue to pray for one another without lacking, that we will wake up extra early, force ourselves to do it, wake up that extra half an hour, Spend that time, anoint ourselves with oil, take communion, pray for the lost, pray for one another. Father, I pray that every person that is listening to this program now, whether they are listening live or listening to a podcast, will bow their heads and pray with us. Because your scripture says, and I know you know this, Father, but I, I got to remind myself, I want to see it with my own eyes. Matthew eighteen nineteen. you told us, Jesus, you said it. These were your words. And you are not a man that you would lie. Again, I say to you, if two of you on earth 
concerning anything that they ask. If we agree on earth concerning anything that we would ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And together, Father, at this time we pray, Father, please, in Jesus' name, count us worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth. And stand before you, Lord Jesus, at the wedding supper of the Lamb, which is what we all aspire to be a part of more than anything else, more than our next breath of air, more than our more than anything, more than anything forever and ever we pray. Amen. Praise your name. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, wow. So a lot of things are going on. Um, Again, uh, I'm just going to share this. I have to. I have to establish a baseline of belief. I have to establish a baseline of disclaimer. We are, our citizenship is in heaven. Okay. It really is kind of just that simple. And I don't think that most Christians are able to embrace that really very well. Now, these are opinions on my part, okay? So, am I could I be wrong? Oh, golly, gee, I could be wrong. I could be so wrong. I mean, words can't even describe how wrong I could be. I get that. I know that, okay? However, um oh, there we go. Praise Jesus. I'm trying to bring something up here on the computer. Uh, la 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 scrolling, scrolling. See, this isn't even going to let me find it. I know I have it here. There it is. So, I'm going to read this I think I should read it on the beginning of every show. This is from the book, The Pilgrim Church. 
It's written by E.H. Broadbent. Um, and this is the second century letter to Diognetus. This is actually a real letter. They, this is an uh, artifact from the second century, which is essentially the first 100 years after you know Jesus in the first 33 years lived. And um, so if it's second century, it's going to be the century before. So the 20th century is what? The 1900s. Okay. The 19th century is what? The 1800s. See how it works? 21st century is actually the, you know, the year 2000s, right? That's how it goes. So the second century is going to be the first 100 years. So anyway, it's a second century letter, letter to Diognetus, and it says, he writes, Diognetus wrote, that Christians are distinguished from, one, uh, from other men, neither by country or language. This is so important to embrace. In other words, what I think we should do, this is my own personal opinion, you can do whatever you want, of course. But it's my personal opinion that the further back you get in your studies, the closer you get to the original churches, the closer you get to understanding their behaviors, the closer you get to Jesus. The closer that you get to Jesus. Simple as that. Because over time, as we know, Satan will erode things. He will make them worse. So when you read this Fox's Book of Martyrs, you have to, this is my opinion, and I feel strongly about it. And that's why I'm talking about it. If you don't want to agree with me, that's fine. I, I'm, that, one of the reasons why I think the Lord gave me this type of a program, you know, a broadcast, one way out, is because I talk about things that are highly controversial. And I, you know, while I love my brothers and sisters in Christ, I, I just wouldn't do well if I had to be going back and forth with people, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I've had to do 12 years of back and forth. So anyway, um, and a lot of times people get snarky. They're very defensive of their positions. And if they think that they've heard from God, the conversation is over. I mean, it really is just that simple. The conversation has ended at that point because they believe they have heard from God. What are you going to do? Say, no, you haven't. <laughs> right? So at that point, it ends. Okay? And if I, if I had, you know, I, let's just say that I, I know these kinds of things intimately over 12 years, and it's just how it is. Okay, so I'm going to let it at that. But it is, so because I know that Satan erodes, he makes things worse and worse and worse over time, right? He does. I mean, look at what we have around us today. You know, look at, um, uh, you know, uh, that guy that used to say, and I'm just having brain damage at the moment because I'm so exhausted from my job, but um, the guy that uh, said, you know, if I was the devil, you know, now, uh, you know, now you know, the rest of the story, that guy. Um, and I'm just, uh, you know, if I was the devil, now you know the rest of the story. Okay, and that would be, hold on a second, Paul Harvey. Okay, had to look it up. So Paul Harvey, you know, that's kind of like, I don't know, how was I even going to mention Paul Harvey? Oh, yeah. So when you go back to when Paul Harvey originally did that, and um, I see that it's posted right here on YouTube from May 21st of 2012, but I don't really know if um, that's when Paul Harvey put that up there. I do not know when Paul Harvey did that. Okay, um, as a matter of fact, um, if I were the devil, Paul Harvey, Illinois, I'm going to try to see if I can find it. Um, 
No. I have to do too much homework to do it, and I'm not going to do it live on the air. But anyway, I do not know when Paul Harvey did that little bit on his show, If I Were the Devil. But a lot of people are tossing that around on the Internet right now, and the reason that they're doing it is because virtually everything that he said came true. So it was extremely prophetic. Now, um, anyway, so is that when you – if you were to go back in the time when Paul Harvey actually did that broadcast, whenever, whatever day that was, whatever year that was, I don't know, um, you would look around you. You would say, hmm, well, most of these things – I can see how Paul Harvey was – you know, is ostensibly correct about all of his suppositions that he baked into this little dialogue. But at the same time – you would have to look around you and say, well, you know, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, you know, that kind of thing. But in reality, and somebody just sent me, uh, I don't know here, hold on a second, 1996, I think, hold on a second, I'm looking, yeah, 1965. So Brother uh, Jeremy is saying that, uh, you know, I call him West Coast Walder. He's saying that, that Paul Harvey did that in 1965. Well, if I, you know, I, I was a little kid in 1965. I was sitting cross-legged on my room, uh, you know, on the floor of my um, uh, parents' living room and watching the, you know, beginning of the very first Star Trek series back then. You know, dun, da, dun, 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 dun. so, um, you know, and I can tell you that in 1965, you know, that stuff wasn't happening. Not the way he put it in his dialogue. However, when you look around yourself today, you could say, wow, that was extremely prophetic. And everything that he said nailed it. He nailed it. Now, it's not just Paul Harvey. There's a lot of people that said, you know, in the vision of David Wilkerson, uh, in the, uh, oh, my, there's so many of them. Um, I have hundreds. Uh, actually, I think I have over 1,300 pages of Microsoft Word full of prophecies, dreams, and visions. There's the uh, one, and I'm, I'm having a little difficulty remembering the name of the person, but it was the, 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 the dream about uh, California, and the guy uh, – had it, had a dream, and he saw all the people, and they were wearing strange clothes, and they were acting very strangely. And I have no doubt in my mind he was probably seeing these transvestite entities, these sexual changelings that we have all around us, uh, the, you know, the, the Michael Obama-type things and all this kind of creepy weirdness. Um, but anyway, um, and um, I do see – I'm getting multiple messages from Brother – um, from our brother for tonight's program, um, uh, uh, Robert Vandrius Mitchell. So I'm just going to have to – I, I got to do a million things at once, folks. And it's really hard to do when you're so tired. But I don't expect anybody to understand that, and that's okay. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, I'm opening it up. And let's see what brother um, – what our brother is saying. He is chattering a lot. God bless you. And I need something to laugh. It says, meaning of life. Yeah, I don't I don't know what he's talking about, so we'll just have to wait until he comes on the air. All right, so anyway, so I want to go ahead and read to you. So I believe with all of my heart that um, the further back we go historically to the time that Paul was walking the earth, to the time that Peter and John were walking the earth, to the time that the original apostles were walking the earth, the closer we get to that period of time, the more pure the Christian church was. 
the more pure, the more Jesus-like they were in every way that they acted, how they thought. Can you imagine what it must have been like to have been in the first church of Acts? Where everybody basically sold everything they had, threw it into a, they sold everything they had. They got together, they threw it into a big pot. It was a commune. And they gave to each, to one another as they had a need. All right. So that's what it was. It was a big commune. Can you imagine what it, what it, what it would have been like to be alive back then, a part of one of those ecclesias? How amazing. So, you know, when you read the Fox's Book of Martyrs, I personally believe, and this is what I believe, and this I'm going to stand on, and I will believe it until the day that I die, until I stand before Jesus. I will probably believe it long after I meet Jesus, because it's true. But um, but anyway, it's um, because we know that, 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 you know, and just look at 1965, Paul Harvey, and look what he said. Look at the 1973 vision of David Wilkerson. Look what he said. Look at what's happening today. It's the fulfillment of all of those things that were highly prophetic. Well, there's perfect examples of how over time Satan erodes things. He makes them worse and 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 worse. And over more time and more time and more time and more time, he makes them worse and 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 worse. So what does that tell you? Well, when you read a book like the Fox's Book of Martyrs, you it tells you that the further into the Fox's Book of Martyrs you go, the more hundreds of years, you know, the more centuries that passed by, the more Satan eroded the belief systems of the various groups that the book talked. So you have to go to the very beginning of the Fox's Book of Martyrs to get to the pure Christian. You have to look at the Christians that were holding hands with their children going to their death inside the Colosseums during Nero's reign. And how they sang songs as they were being tied to posts to be burned alive and eaten by lions in front of all of the Romans. In fact, the as the story goes, uh, they sang so much that it drove Nero nuts. He was holding his hands over his ears going, I always imagine him sort of being like um, the Grinch that stole Christmas, you know, when the Who's down in Whoville were singing. And they're, you know, Ba-Hoo-Do-Re, Ba-Hoo-Do-Re, welcome Christmas, Christmas. You know, and the, and the Grinch is up on the mountain and he's going, why must they sing? Sing, sing, sing. Well, that's kind of what Nero was doing. The singing of the Christians as they were being led to the slaughter with their children in hand was driving Nero nuts, as the accounts go. Now, I don't know where these accounts came from. I don't know what, you know, I don't know. I don't know, and I'm not even going to venture a guess. But when you go back to the early, the first several accounts of the early martyrs, you discover a dynamic that occurred every single time, every single time. And that was that the um, uh, Christians, the moms and the dads and the children held hands. Look, when the Bogomils were slaughtered, they were one of the early Christian groups, they Christians would go, like, you know, the effort of cloisters and such, and they would go, like, you know, and they would build their own communities to get away from everybody else. They wanted to be separated from everybody else. 
They didn't want to be apart. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, they they still, you know, would would you know go shopping where the people shopped in the same villages and things like that, and they would wear clothes the same as the people did in the town. They wouldn't you know dress like you know they were from from Namibia while they were living in southern France. You know, they dressed like the rest of the people in France. They spoke French. The Albigens, the Cathars. They were called the Cathars. That wasn't their real names. They were known as the Good Christians. The stories about the Cathars are greatly exaggerated, and it's some of the worst historical accounts of early Christians that have ever been penned. They're lies from the Roman Catholic Church. Pope Innocent was one of the most murderous, bloodthirsting creatures that ever lived on the face of the earth, and he hired mercenaries to ride on horseback through the countryside to hunt down the heretics so that they could be slaughtered and burned at the stake. One of the things that was interesting about the early Christians, the really early ones, is that they would they never fought. They never said, Doggone you, here you come again, leave us alone. There was none of that. They weren't dropping F bombs and flipping the middle fingers at the at the at the people that were coming to kill them. They didn't come charging out of their houses with swords saying, Come on, bring it on, man, come on, man, come and get right over here. This sword's for you. None of that. They walked out of their houses, they held hands with their children, and they very peacefully sang songs because they knew that they were getting to go see Jesus. See, the the difference between today and then is they knew it. They knew it. It really wasn't a belief, you see. Here's the difference I I believe with the command of the English language that I have as a professional writer, I believe, and I'm not a professional writer like an author writer, but I write professionally, business writing. But I have a a dictionary in the left hand. You know, this is a metaphor, but I have essentially a dictionary in my left hand and a thesaurus in my right hand. And, um, but anyway, the thing is, you, the, the, the one thing that you note when you study the early, early, super early Christians is they always, they walked hand in hand. They sang songs. They didn't just believe that they were going to see. They knew. They knew they were going to see Jesus. They, their kids, when they raised their children, they told them from teeny, weeny little babies, just as small as you could ever imagine, they told them stories about Jesus. They didn't have TV. They didn't have, uh, you know, video games. They, they sat around and by candlelight, and they talked about Jesus. They talked about heaven. They talked about how glorious it was going to be. They talked about how awesome the children couldn't wait to be with Jesus. They did you know they they yeah that was their life that was who they were they didn't have to go and have extended conversations with what it was like to be a christian the children were already excited about being with jesus they weren't afraid because they knew they were going to see Jesus. When they walked out of those homes hand in hand and they sang songs on the way to those wooden posts to be burned at the stake alive together, they knew they were going to see Jesus. They knew it. It wasn't a question. The people that were holding hands to go get slaughtered by Nero in the Colosseums, they knew it. They were going to see Jesus. This was awesome for them. Now, I, look, don't get me wrong. I do realize that there were probably some of them that were crying because they didn't fully understand. Oh, yeah, and uh, Brother Sammy's asking, boy, is this busy. I, I really just, 
Woo! Hallelujah. So let me see here. Okay, Brother Sammy is asking, what time should I be ready? Okay, let's go for 8.15 p.m. Thanks, Sammy. Okay, so anyway, yep. I'm I'm notorious, by the way, folks, if you haven't figured it out already. I'm notorious for biting off, like, way more than I can chew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm the guy sitting at the end of the Thanksgiving table stuffing the entire turkey platter down my throat until I'm, you know, that kind of thing. My point is this. If you study the Fox's Book of Martyrs as you go further and further into history, the original Paulicians, which is one of the groups, they were just like the Bogomels. They were just like the ones under the Nero persecution. They would never have imagined in a quadrillion years anything but laying their lives down to go be with Jesus in peace. The idea of any type of self-defense, any type of weaponry, any type of earthly stuff never, ever, ever entered their minds. It wasn't until hundreds and hundreds of years later that Satan infiltrated these groups that they started doing bad things. The early, true early Christian church would never have dreamt of it. They were, they were excited to be with Jesus. Their children, from the time that they were suck, sucking on tiny little bottles in their, just not, you know, not even saying their first word, were hearing stories about Jesus by candlelight. There wasn't any, oh, you know, boo-hooing and crying and, oh, we're afraid. You know, there may have been a little bit here and there. I don't know, but not in any of the books that I've read. I have a lot of lot of reading under my belt on this subject. Heretic Lives, another book about the early church. Yeah. None of that. They knew and, and here it is in the second 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 century letter to Diognetus that is obviously a historical artifact that was reprinted in the book called The Pilgrim Church on page thirty five by E. H. Broadbent. And he writes that Christians are distinguished from other men neither by country nor language. So they spoke the language of the native people. Living in such places as, quote, the lot of each of them had determined. In other words, they ended up there. So they ended up there. They grew up there. They set up their family there. If they were part of the Albigens they, they, uh, or the Cathars, which were called the Cathars, but the, Cath- the Cathars in southern France were known as the good Christians. That's how the people in France referred to them. The Cathar was a nickname that the evil Roman Catholic slaughterers and murderers called them. They were known as the good Christians. They were also known to hide people who were running from the law, and they got a bad reputation for that. But they did the Christian thing. So anyway, as a matter of fact, as part of the uh, the good Christians of southern France, one of the things they used to do is they had what the, a group of them that were known as the perfecti, the perfecti, the word perfect with an I on the end, the perfecti. 
because it was it was based upon the verse in the Bible where where um, where it says, if you want to be perfect, I think Jesus said this. I have to go look it up. But anyway, if you want to be perfect, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. Okay. Well, they actually had a group in the, uh, in in which was in the group that was called the Cathars, but they again it's a misnomer. The good Christians of southern France that would walk around, uh, you know, as friars, essentially types of friars, and they would walk together two by two and go through the countryside with their Bibles, and they would witness to people along the road and tell them about Jesus, and that was all they did. They were known as the perfecti. They actually lived the Bible. Same with the Bogomils. That's where Wycliffe came out of, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Wycliffe was part of the, part of the Bogomil group. And they were slaughtered by mercenaries. Those mercenaries, after they murdered the families that were holding hands and singing to Jesus, when they saw the faith of the children of the moms, of the dads, holding hands and singing praise to Jesus as they were their bodies were catching on fire. After they, they literally fell to the ground and started to cry. They were bawling because they could not believe their eyes. The very people that they killed, the children, the moms, the dads, singing, the faith that they saw, the joy on their face as they were dying, blew their minds so badly that these murderers fell to their ground and started to bawl. They gave their lives to Jesus on the spot. They repented and cried out. And they became the first to proselytize Asia. Now, if you listen to a Roman Catholic, they're going to tell you, no, no, it was the Catholics, it was this group or that. No, it wasn't. They're wrong. It was the mercenaries that were sent to kill the heretics. They were the first missionaries to not Asia Minor, where Paul and Barnabas and blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about deep Mongolia, China, places like that. They were the first because they saw real Christians, and it blew their minds. Now, all that being said, this letter reads, Christians are neither distingu- are distinguished from other men, neither by country nor language, living in such places as the lot of each of them has determined, and following the customs of their natives with respect to clothing, food, and the rest of their ordinary conduct, they display to us their wonderful and confessedly striking method of life. Now, can you say that about any Christian on this earth right now? It goes on to say, they dwell in their own countries, but simply as sojourners. And as citizens, they share in all things with others. And yet, they endure all things as if they're foreigners. Every foreign land is to them as their native country. 
and every land of their birth a land of strangers. They pass their days on earth, but they are citizens of heaven. They obey the prescribed laws and at the same time surpass the laws by their lives. They are reviled and they bless. Closest you can come to that on this earth are the Amish. Pretty much it. And the Amish aren't perfect. They don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They got all kinds of little challenges. And believe me, they're, you know, I'm not going to get into all that. But that's about as close as you're going to get to it today. That's for sure. All right, praise God. So I think that's important for us to all embrace and to understand because as the things unfold around us today, we need to be more like this. This is who we are, guys. Guys and gals, brothers and sisters. <laughs> this is applied Christianity, folks. I'm not going to brother and sister you until you're blue in the face. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters. Of course you're my brothers and sisters. I get it. I don't have to drive the point home. I'm just here to say, listen, folks, while all this weirdness is going on around us, this is where our hearts need to be. We need to be sojourners. We need to have wonderful and confessed confessedly striking methods of life. We need to recognize that we're citizens of heaven, sharing all things, but look at our own lands and where we were born is the land of strangers because we're not from here. We're citizens of heaven. We obey the prescribed laws, but but wait, we surpass the laws by the quality of our lives because we, you know, and people call us names and they don't like us. They revile us, but we bless them. We give them food. We pay for their groceries. We love them. We do what the Bible says we're supposed to do. That's who we are. We don't have to worry about the things that are going on in the Middle East. We don't need to get into a debate about all that stuff. To that, to us, all that is, is awesomeness in play. It's not for us to debate. I don't even, when I read, if I start to read a prophecy from a you know, somebody I consider to be a A-list prophet or whatever, and they start to babble on about the things that are going on over in the Middle East, I just flip the off button. Because that prophet... Is talking about earthly things. It's not. It to me, it's just all that is is a sign. It's a signs and wonders. These are things that we are told to watch out for. If 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 if, if the master of the house knew when the thief was going to come, he'd stay up and watch for the thief, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? What are we doing now? We're staying up and we're watching for the thief. Jesus. You know, this morning. Um, I popped over a couple of messages to Sister Elena, and Elena was, she was laid out. She was uh, slayed in the spirit and shaking and seeking the Lord, as she said she couldn't even get up. She said that God impressed upon her heart very, very powerfully that we are leaving extremely soon. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. Do you think I didn't want to call her at 6 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, and say, okay, you can't be like doing that to me, man. You can't be like telling me all this stuff is happening, and you're having this epiphany, and the Archangel Gabriel standing there right beside you, and, oh, and then not fill in the blanks. 
Make me go through a whole work day and have no idea what happened. I need to know the rest of the story. Because I'm Paul Harvey. But anyway, this is who we need to learn to become. If we're not this in our walk right now, it's not really ideal. Because everything that we're going to see happening from this point forward is going to be yanking, pulling us, pulling us, pulling us ever harder, ever harder, ever harder into taking sides. There are going to be people that are being, boy, Israel is evil. Boy, they're evil. They're all the Jews that are not Jews. And, uh, you know, this, that, and the other evil, 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 you know, just bad words and saying this. And they're not. And, you know, the Rothschilds created them. And Star David isn't, has nothing to do with Israel. It's a six-pointed star of ball and blah, blah, blah. And evil, evil, evil and bad, bad, bad. I don't know about you. But I'm not calling our Heavenly Father's wife any name. Do Are there bad people everywhere? Yes. Is every single Mormon going to hell? Absolutely not. Is every single Jehovah's Witness going to hell? Absolutely not. Are the, the entities that run those organizations at the tippity-top probably shape-shifting reptilians? And the answer is absolutely yes. Are there shape-shifting reptilians running the full gospel businessmen's association? And I would say absolutely yes. I do not believe there is a world church organization, a world church affiliated organization, or Christian denomination, which there are 33,000 of, anywhere in the entire earth that isn't being run by shape-shifting reptilians. Thank you, Jesus. Now that we have grown out of our cocoon, hopefully, we are able to realize that we're all in this together, and we're blessed to know the things that we know, and we need to embrace those because things are going to get uglier. We're going to get a lot uglier. All right. Anyway, on that note, I know that that was a long, drawn-out, you know, kind of like dissertation, but tonight we have Brother Robert Vandrius Mitchell. We have Brother Sammy coming on at 18, uh, 15 minutes after the hour, and Sammy can wait, too. He's a good guy. He'll wait. He's a real, real good guy. God bless his sweetheart. But we've got to cover a lot of material, and we are going to do that. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to have to make Robert be quiet because I'm going to have to play some of the stuff before Robert talks. Um, but got to get the information out, and I also had to get what I just, the diatribe, the, 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 what do you call it? The monologue. I had to get this stuff about who we are as Christians out there to you, because I'm telling you, things are getting worse every single day. And as your heart awakens to how evil the evil is, what you're going to run across is dynamics, where if you open your tater trap, your pie hole, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Go there. Let's not create division amongst the brethren, Proverbs 6, 16, and 17. It's bad stuff. It's bad business. It's bad Jesusness. It's bad Jesusness. We don't want to do that. Not now. You want to be counted worthy. You want to be counted worthy to go to the wedding supper. I just got a notification from my Diana Pulliam. She got another revelation from the Lord. Uh, we're getting so doggone close, people. The lights are lighting up everywhere I look. I'm getting emails and communications. People are going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Hopefully you're getting the message. The message is don't get sucked into it, man. Please, in the name of Jesus, stay holy. Holy means separated away from things of the earth. Stay holy, righteous, seek God. Don't get sucked into it. 
If other people want to believe whatever they want to believe, let them believe it. Just let it go. All right. Now, all that being said, kids, are you ready? Let's see if they are. All right, kids. Why did the fish make such a such a good musician? It was a natural with scales. Kids, it was a natural with scales. You know, come on, you get it, don't you? Okay. Kids, why did the police attend the baseball game? Why did the police attend the baseball game? They heard someone had stolen a base. <laughs> Bring that base back. <laughs> That's not Joe Cheese. That's not Joe Cheese. Um, why should you avoid dinner with a basketball player? Because they dribble. Because they dribble, kids. Get out of the way. Kind of like my dog. Kind of like my dog. You know, if I try to sneak myself a little something to eat, my dogs are like standing right beside me. Oh, my gosh. Dribbling all over the place. Man, oh, Daisy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This guy I'm going to push on to the future. All right. So let me go ahead and scroll in on this. So Laura Loomer says, and I'm going to read some of this, some of this I'm going to read, some of this I'm going to play, some of this I'm going to read, some of this I'm going to play. That's okay. Praise God. Because yeah, you know why? Because I'm Ed Sullivan, and this is going to be a really big shoe. <laughs> really big shoe. Really big shoe. We have this new band. They're called the Rolling Stones. It's a really big shoe. Uh, and if I'm old enough to remember that stuff. I'm in big trouble. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay. So she says, attention, Illinois, Islamic terror alert. Hamas is now in their chats talking about. Now, now, Laura Loomer, you have to understand, she used to work for uh, CNN. And I'm just giving you the short version. She got ostracized. So she was one of their victims. Okay. Sort of like Tucker Carlson's a victim. Sort of like uh, Glenn Beck was a victim of Fox. She's one of them, sort of like Cheryl Atkinson, okay, who wrote the book The Smear, where the FBI had actually planted naked pictures of little children so that they could destroy her life. Oh, yeah, they do that. You betcha. Hallelujah. Laura Loomer was smeared from CNN. And anyway, so she's out doing her own thing right now, and she's got her own program. Everybody, everybody's got a podcast. <laughs> everybody's got a podcast. Everybody, pretty much. All right. So anyway, um, she says, Islamic terror alert. Hamas is now in their chats. And she's well connected, by the way. Okay. She knows a lot of people in special places. I'm going to leave it at that. She doesn't give up her sources. I don't care. I'm just sharing this with you. She says, Hamas is now in their chats talking about attacking Chicago, Illinois. I find that, you know, after having Rachel uh, Baxter on the show, That's an interesting coincidence, isn't it? But anyway, she goes, where there's a large Hamas terror cell, evidently, they say. Is that true? I don't know. Goes on to say, sources tell me uh, that a known lone, excuse me, known lone wolves are preparing to attack Chicago. Sorry, but I got the hiccups real bad now. It's just how it works. 
Source, and then she goes on, Chicago also happens to be where the Nation of Islam is located. And, I, and as I have reported, uh, NOI, I don't know who, uh, Nation of Islam, has deep ties to Iran as well as Hamas and, Muslim, and the Muslim Brotherhood affiliated with groups in America. Uh, the Nation of Islam ha- does a lot of their recruitment out of prisons, which, which means a lot of the Muslims convert, uh, converts are in, the Chicago, are in Chicago are extremely violent felons. Converts are often more extreme than non-converts, especially in cities with, that are tied to mosques, terror, terror tied to mosques. Many of the mosques in Chicago have members who are on the United States terror Watch list. Chicago also has a very large Jewish population. Stay alert, she says. Hamas, Hezbollah, and the IRGC are likely to attack Chicago and other parts of Illinois. Okay. Now, I'd look, I'd really like to take a moment and play for you the emergency, the EOC guy. Um, I wonder how long that is. I might save that. We'll see how. No, I don't know. Maybe I'll play it on the next show. Maybe I'll just go ahead and keep this Laura Loomer warning and read it again on the Sunday show and then play the uh, emergency, the EOC manager who called up the radio station and said that FEMA was bugging and bugging and bugging and bugging. They had to have weekly meetings with FEMA about hardening fire stations and where are you going to put mass graves and how are you going to inoculate everybody in the county within 24 hours and what are you going to do with 400,000 people walking into your county from uh, Chicago? And they couldn't figure it out. They're like, what is this, bird flu? I knew immediately what it was. It was a nuclear bomb. The inoculation was uh, potassium iodide. Oh, and they actually have other things that you can inoculate people to protect them against uh, <sighs> poisoning. But anyway, um, I just wanted to go ahead and share that with you. Praise God. Also, Colonel Douglas McGregor, praise Jesus. He states, and I'll do this right after the news stinger right now. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? <laughs> It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, what? It's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. Colonel Douglas McGregor says it is conceivable that the Israelis had no ready forces positioned in the south or north to deal with the potential violence on the anniversary of 1973. So he's going way back historically. For Israel, this is a deadly this is deadly serious. If Hezbollah sits this out, you know, the uh, the Iranian uh, proxy forces that reside just north of the border of Lebanon, the northern border of Israel, where Lebanon is, The Israeli Defense Forces will systematically crush Gaza. However, serious attacks from southern Lebanon will stretch the Israeli Defense Forces' ground forces to the limit. Egypt will be unable to sit it out. Jordan may fall apart under the pressure of internal unrest. 
And in short, the world could change dramatically. So that's the comment from Doug, Colonel Douglas McGregor. And there's a lot of opinions out there, folks, and we're just going to have to wait, wait how it all pans out. All right, the next headline is up. Here we go. Israel agrees to hold off on Hezbollah attacks, that is in southern Lebanon, with the United States promise of us with the United States promise of an assist with the aircraft carriers. So the United States defense officials have reported reportedly convinced the Israeli government not to launch a preemptive strike on Hezbollah forces in Lebanon. With them with them, the United States, promising United States naval assets in the eastern Mediterranean, including the United USS Gerald R. Ford aircraft carrier CVN-78, will provide military assistance if Hezbollah does launch a major attack against Israel. But there's also, I think the Eisenhower is also out there as well. So we have two carrier strike forces on, you know, right there in the Met. And uh, that's a lot of firepower, folks. That's a lot of firepower. Praise God. So I just wanted to share that with you. Um, is it going to happen? Are, is Israel going to hold off on an, on, on an overt preemptive strike on Hezbollah? Just stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. I, if My personal advice is don't believe anything that you hear now. Don't believe anything that you hear. All right. Praise God. Just keep on watching. Keep on and be ready. Be ready. Be praying for each other. Be praying to be counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come up on the earth and stand before the Son of Man at the wedding supper. And be praying for the lost people of the world. And be praying for your relatives and your loved ones. Pray, 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 pray. Next one up. Pro-Hamas protesters in Berlin attacked the German police. Okay, so again, um, and I could play the audio bite, and all you would hear is a bunch of people ranting and screaming and fussing and all that kind of stuff because that's, oh, man, I've been having a lot of, man, i got to reboot this computer because I'm telling you, a lot of weird things are happening. That's all right. Hold on. Let's see if the second time's a charm. Here we go. Oh, oh, doggone it. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Wasn't that fun? Okay. So we have um, these. Hezbollah rally riot events occurring all over the world. They're occurring all over the United States. They're occurring all over France. They're occurring all over Belgium. They're occurring all over Germany. They're occurring probably just you name it, they're occurring. All the countries that surround Israel are now revolting just like this, except probably with numbers that dwarf the protests that are happening in the United States of Babylon the Great. By some... By, as best as I can tell from the helicopters or the drones or whatever it was that they used to take the pictures of the people that were gathering in Amman, Jordan, uh, and in Iraq and these other places, you know, I it, I like Hebrews 12:22 how it says uh, in the presence of an innumerable company of angels. I would say that the photographs, the videos of the people protesting, for example, in Amman, were innumerable. 
They can say whatever they want to about how many they think it was, but in my opinion, they were innumerable, just un, you know, gazillions. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Controversy erupts over calls for the United States to accept Gaza refugees amidst Israel-Hamas war. Now, I was thinking that the leak that was coming from this one particular source on my finely tuned Twitter feed, I thought the guy was just trying to get followers, you know, and make a little extra jack and put the money in his pocket or whatever the case is. Because, you know, of course, these guys won't disclose their sources and they're making all these claims. And I'm like thinking, okay, is this guy even credible? Who is this guy? Next thing you know, I see the exact same thing this guy was claiming several days ago show up as a headline on the Epic Times. Controversy erupts over calls for the United States to accept Gaza refugees amidst Israel-Hamas war. Some Republicans have come out in opposition to progressive calls for the United States to admit refugees from Gaza amidst the Israel-Hamas war. Well, you're going to hear lies, lies like the Palestinians who live in Gaza are, have nothing to do with Hamas. Okay, that's what you're going to hear those things. That's a lie. I have a very close friend of mine. His name is Bill. He is Jewish. He spent five years in the Israeli Defense Forces, and I am here to tell you that that is a flat-out lie. They hate Christians. They hate Jews. Now, when I'm talking about hate, my friend Bill told me on more than one occasion that he watched six- and seven-year-old Palestinians Take knives, little children, and cut open and disembowel Jews in the streets and eat their innards. They would take their bowels and they would put their intestines into their mouths, age six and seven, and they would munch on them and eat them with blood all over their faces. So make no mistake, if they bring these the Palestinians from Gaza into the United States, we are going to see slaughter. Wholesale. You think, you think that what we have seen happen to the United States church is persecution? You have no idea. The graffiti on the walls, frequently found all over Israel, says, first the Saturday people than the Sunday people. I cannot repeat. Now, what I repeated thus far is actually relatively common knowledge, but there are other things that happened to my friend Bill when he was in the IDF that I'm not going to repeat. Okay? It is very, very bad. The word hate is an extremely inadequate word to describe how they feel about Jews and Christians. Hate on a level that most human beings on earth cannot relate to. If they bring them into this country, everything will change. You think these uh, shooter events where there's like 8 to 12 or 13 or 14 people killed in a mall is a bad thing right now? You have no idea. 
Anyway, sharing that with you because it is relevant to the reports. We need to be aware of these things. I don't like to have to report that kind of information, but I would be remiss of my duties. My heaven, Our Heavenly Father has put me through the things that he has put me through for a reason. I met my friend Bill for a reason. Bill told me that he knew exactly the street that Jesus grew up on. Do you think that was a mistake? That was no accident, me running into Bill and Bill telling me all the stories about what he experienced over there. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, so anyway, I want you to know, I'm going to tell you what you need to know. I'm not going to tell you what you don't need to know, but I will tell you what you need to know. And this is a very, very serious thing. So when you see where Jesus in the Olivet Discourse says that there's going to be persecution on the Christians in the Christian church, I've told people many times on this program that they're going to throw grenades and they're going to blow up the churches and they're going to catch fire and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands upon thousands of Christians are going to burn to death inside the churches. I've said it, and I mean it. Now, do I want that to happen? Absolutely not. I, it horrifies me to even think of it. But it needs to be something that sadly could happen, and let's pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things. Let's count on our rescue happening before all that horribleness comes to this land, because you, you think they're not going to do it? Think again. They're going to do it. They are going to do it. The Antichrist is ruling this country. Do you think he's going to do it? I think you know the answer. Next one up. Hamas terror attack survivor says that the Israeli Defense Force undoubtedly shot and killed Israeli citizens and burned down kibbutz homes. So, again, this testimony is out there. I'm not going to get, you know, Max Blumenfield uh, interviewed this particular woman, but there's it's, it's, it's all over the place, all over the place, all over the place. This particular Israeli woman is named Yas- Yasmin Porat. She went on Israeli state radio, and she told people what happened in her kibbutz. And she said that the, the – I forget what the name of the protocol is, but they, the, the Israeli Defense Force, the IDF, has a protocol. They have a name for it. I forget what it is. I wish I had memorized it, but I didn't. And if they go to that protocol, they shoot everything in their way. They shoot everything in their way. So if they're aiming their rifles or whatever, their guns, at Hamas soldiers and there are Jewish settlers in between their gun muzzle and the Hamas soldiers that they're shooting at, it's just like, (laughs) cross the board and everybody drops. Believe it or not, there is a protocol that is trained to the IDF to do that. At least that's what the reports are saying, and these reports are incredibly consistent. And they're coming from Israeli people, women, children that were there, that saw it, that experienced it, that screamed bloody murder. Okay, so again, uh, she said Israeli soldiers undoubtedly shot Israeli citizens and survivors of the kibbutz Kibbutz raid, says explosive interview. Israeli forces, quote, eliminated everyone, including the hostages, according to Yasmin Porat. 
who had fled the nearby Nova Rave. Okay? Well, that's a testimony from an Israeli young, a young Israeli woman. All right? If you don't want to believe it, don't believe it. I'm just, you know, I report, you decide. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Because I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm just doing my job. I'm showing up for work. And we're all getting ready to leave. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No sides taken here. All right, next one up. United States Marine Rapid Response Force uh, moving toward the Israel as Pentagon strengthens its military posture in the region. And they're showing uh, troop carriers. They fill them with Marines. Uh, it says, and it, it, it you know it names the ships, 2,000 Marines per ship, et cetera, et cetera. And they are. They are. It's almost like D-Day. Another headline. Washington Free Beacon reports that Israel will be gone soon, according to an Iranian official. Tehran is working to rally Arab countries against Israel. Israel will be gone soon, and the Palestinian nation will be victorious in its final battle, a senior Iranian official said on Monday amidst fresh attempts by the Islamic Republic to rally militant forces across the region against the Jewish state. Israel's destruction is certain. Ali Akbar Velayati, a senior advisor to the Iranian Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Another headline, Iran warns of preemptive action against Israel amid the Gaza, amidst the Gaza, Gaza war. Okay, and it goes on to say humanitarian deliveries are likely to begin on Friday, according to the United States president. Who cares about all that? Uh, but anyway, it says Tehran has warned that a ground offensive uh, on the besieged Gaza Strip would be met with a response from other fronts. So, again, expect Iran to attack and many more attacks coming in from who knows where, okay, if Israel does a ground incursion, as they have promised to do and they're planning to do, on uh, inside of Gaza. They're, they're hoping to actually go into and do tunnel warfare, which, by the way, is a lost cause. You can't win tunnel warfare. They're gonna be, it's going to be wholesale slaughter. It's going to be horrible. All right, anyway, next one up. Oh, okay, okay, hold on a second. Let's go ahead and bring on Brother Sammy Mwagi for his testimony and an update on Pipes International, and then we'll finish the news. Hallelujah, and we'll bring on Brother Robert, and then, uh, and then so be it. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Brother Sammy, are you there? Brother Sammy, are you there? Wrong one. Let me try again. Brother Sammy, are you there? I'm here, John. Can you hear me? Hey, we can hear you great. Thank you for joining us, Brother Sammy. God bless you. Tell us what's going on. All right. Thank you. Thank you, John. And thank you for, I've been listening to you since that time we sent a text to each other. So I'm blessed with the news and everything going on. Um, yes. Uh, so for those who have not heard me before, maybe Samuel here from Pipes International. And I always come to uh, John's radio and a lot of people tell me, you know, we had you. Thank you for the update. And, uh, John, I appreciate this moment. I just wanted to uh, give quite a quick update. Uh, first of all, I think I've said this before about the trip that we had in June, July. Uh, but I wanted to say when we went to among the Maasai people in Kenya, there were a lot of surprises. We went so deep inside, you know, places where you can hardly drive a vehicle. Uh, but one of these uh, little schools that we went to, had quite a number of kids if they are from the neighborhood, they walk all these 
um, miles from different places, um, and they say they wanted to see us because, you know, we've been praying with them, we've been talking about uh, going to this school, and they knew about us going. We asked them, we are here now, we shared the gospel, they wanted us to, 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 to preach to them. We had singing and everything, then we said, okay, tell us what you'd like us to pray for. And they said, what we need and wanted you to come to hear for yourself, two things only. They needed Bibles. They said nobody had a Bible in that school. And then they said they can read, but they don't have Bibles. And the other thing, the girls told my wife they would like sanitary pads. And um, we had some money for the Bibles, and uh, we still told them that we would come back. We organized ourselves better because we, we already were speaking to about 200 girls and there were boys and in other rooms. Um, so we said we, we, we are bringing more Bibles. Some will be in the library so that everybody has an opportunity to go and read. And the, 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 older, we, the older kids will get Bibles. Um, then we went to the sanitary pads. And we, we came back later. We donated uh, these sanitary pads we got from another organization. And we were very surprised. My wife couldn't believe it. When she was called aside and said, oh, you guys have done a good job. You've donated uh, sanitary pads for 200 girls, but you didn't bring underwear. They don't have anything, so they can't even use them. They still have to stay home, you know, the way they are used to staying home for a few days every month. And, and it was so sad for us. We drove the following day three hours to Nairobi because we were away in the in the outskirts, we drove there to get other areas for these girls. It was way cheaper there, especially for many of them. And these are the things, you know, we, people just take for granted. You know, people just go and shop for things. But these are girls, we are told, they just stay home for those several days. And uh, they end up dropping from school. Or some older men will come and, you know, lie to them and buy them and then you know, make them pregnant and all these and marry them off at 13, 14 years. And so for us, it was just a very sad story. But uh, we've had very good response when you've spoken to people about um, the sanitary pads. We are now supporting 200 girls every month. And John, it's surprising. It's not like an expensive thing for one girl, just $20 for a whole year to get enough pads for the whole year. So for 10 girls, it's to $200, and 50 girls is $1,000, and those 50 girls for a whole year. So even the school that we are supporting right now, um, it's a budget of $4,000 the whole year for the whole school. And, you know, those are some of the things that we take for granted. We registered that we asked for other schools in the neighborhood, so we have a list of 600 girls that need that help girls that are not able to come to school. If they are able to come to school or they have ways of support from somebody or parents, they are not in our list, but those who cannot afford 600 of them. So next year, we want to bring that program higher and be able to reach more people. And and we thank God so far that we are able to reach these people, share the gospel again with them. In December, I'll be traveling to Nairobi, and so the plan is to be able to distribute Bibles, not just to this one school, but many other schools. Uh, some of the schools will start with the library, equip the library with Bibles, and the kids can go and read in tons uh, in the library in their free time. So um, that's, that's just a prayer item. Uh, but what a joy. 
And this is the area that we had the water. This is the place we did that we uh, we drilled the well. I get text messages, you know, how the community is excited and they are very thankful for this gift of water. And now we are able to share about the gift that Jesus gives, you know, the water that Jesus gives and you'll never thirst again. It's always an encouragement for our team there to share from John chapter 4 about this woman at the well and come to life because of what you've done there. So listen, Trey, you know, this is a community I've shared before that I had brought for about two years, cattle died, goats and everything. Uh, even people started dying because of the prolonged drought. Uh, but with the water now that we're able to distribute, we have started training the locals on farming. We actually have our own place where we are doing uh, demonstration farms we recently planted maize, beans, and bananas. And I think this week uh, and part of next week, they'll be learning how to plant fruit. You know, you get a tree of fruit there, and, you know, you use it for many, many years. So we are doing that, and we are very grateful because of the support that we get, that we're able to uh, do an orchard, and where communities can come and learn how to do that, and they'll be able to have, you know, nutrition uh, food in their families and healthier kids, kids going to school, being able to supply these sanitary pads on an ongoing monthly basis without fail. And we just thank God so much. So, John, um, continue to pray for us, uh, especially that we, we have enough funds for the Bibles, for the many schools we've targeted, enough funds for the uh, sanitary pads for the girls, my upcoming mission trip. And lastly, there's a New Testament workbook that I've been working on it's now complete. We thank God. We want to print them because the many people have finished the other discipleship book we had. This one is called Study the New Testament in One Year. We understand there are so many people who don't, you know, read the Bible by themselves. We now have a guide to just help them, to remind them and help them, and we can keep uh, checking how far they are. Uh, I have a, a report. Uh, this is a um, uh, thank. thank uh, this is a. I report to thank God. It's a praise report. We got a donation um, to complete the school in Iji Island in Congo. One of the, our partners uh, just donated funds now that we'll be able to complete the doors, the windows. We did roofing when I was there, uh, but now we had still, we didn't have debt, but now we have funding to do that, and we thank God for that. And so, John, I think that's, that's good for now. Thank you so much once again. And um, anybody listening to us, you can check us on online at pipesinternational.org, pipes like pipes of water. And we just thank God for this partnership with the John and how it's been a blessing over the years. Back to you, John. Praise God, Sammy. That is awesome news. Um, and, yes, I'm, I've got you on my morning prayer list. You know I'm praying for you all the time and, you know, texting yep. you and keep me up to date with stuff. And, you know, you're, you're a blessing, brother. And um, and that's exciting. Uh, you know, a booklet that will help people to, to read and get through the New Testament in, uh, you know, in, in a year's time or whatever. Um, anytime, you know, I know that when I started uh, reading the Bible, you know, having uh, a plan, you know, and, and, and being able to execute on that plan because it seems like such a daunting task at first. It's just such a big book and you don't know where to start and you don't know why you're reading what you're reading and it just jumbles all together and yeah, no, that is just awesome. What a brilliant idea. There's, but, but folks, you know, lift up Brother Sammy, Pipes International, P-I-P-E-S 
like Pipes in a House, international.org, okay, and, and, and be blessed by the options that they have. They have several options to be able to contribute to their ministry, and, uh, and just isn't it just such a blessing to be able to seed into the kingdom and know it's going directly to help people to do exactly what Jesus would have us do and, uh, to, to do, and, and, and Sammy at the helm and touching people's lives, building so much for people that are in, you know, it, it's, it's perfect. I mean, it is the absolutely the perfect ministry. I praise God for your work, Sammy. I praise God for us getting together and even, even being introduced. And um, I just thank you for the privilege to be able to pray for you in the morning uh, when I'm praying for other people as well, but lifting you up and asking for the Holy fire of God to divinely protect all the things that have been planted and the, and the wells for the Messiah and everything that you have done. Thank you, brother Sammy. God bless you. What a great opportunity to be able to seed into the kingdom and know that it's not being robbed by somebody, you know, in, in the executive committee of UNICEF or whatever. I don't mean to pick on anybody, but we know that a lot of those big organizations are, you know, they're flying around in jets with your money. So, um, and you know, that's not happening with Sammy. So God bless you all. Thank you, Sammy, for sharing that with us. We love having you join the program. Thank you so much. Thanks. And say hello to Esther and your baby. How old is your baby now? He turned 10 yesterday. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Praise God. All right, folks. There you go. P-I-P-E-S international.org. It's, it's a blessing, folks. It doesn't get any better than that. Thank you, Sammy, for coming on the program. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Amen. All right, folks. Amen. All right. And we're getting close, you know, so this is this is it. This is awesome. All right. So on that note, let's go ahead. I got Robert hanging out. Hang out for me, Robert. I'm just looking at the thing here. Yeah, we got plenty of time. We got we're good. We're good. Let me try to burn, uh, burn my way, push my way, shove my way through the rest of these headlines. And uh, and then we'll bring uh, Robert on live. Amen. Praise Jesus. All right. Next one up. Synagogue firebombed overnight. Okay, so we uh, th- look. There are synagogues. There, the stuff that's going on right now. The, the American embassies that are being attacked right now. As we're doing this show, it it's innumerable. I love that word, innumerable. All the problems that I'm having at work are innumerable. <laughs> and I do pray, I, folks. I am on my knees. At not, you know, it's early in the morning. I promise you, I would not exaggerate. There's no way, no way, no way. Not before God, no way. Because because I'll be dead. You'll know. <laughs> Lord will strike me dead with a lightning bolt. But anyway, no, I do pray for every single one of you. Any one of you that even mentions me briefly by name in prayer, I I. I am I am asking God for a tenfold blessing for you. I am. I'm asking God also, our Heavenly Father, to please find us all worthy. I want every one of us to be there. I do not want to be the only fat guy wearing a Hawaiian shirt standing in line at the wedding supper. I need other fat guys with Hawaiian shirts. So if you're a fat guy and you got some Hawaiian shirts, well, then you can hang out with me. Because, uh, you know, the last will be first and the first will be last. So... <laughs> Look for me at the very end of the line, okay? Thank you very much. I praise God. But anyway, um, I, you know, it reminds me of that Rodney Dangerfield joke. You know, just once I want somebody to drive past my car without pointing to one of the tires. Anyway, praise Jesus. Um, all right, so next one up. Thank you, Father. Rafa Crossing remains crossed. Huh? 
closed. Sorry. Rafa crossing remains closed. Too much damage from the strikes, according to Egypt. So I saw on a video, uh, for what it's worth, uh, lines of trucks, semi-trailers, trying to deliver emergency supplies to the Gaza Strip. But the Rafa crossing it got bombed, so there's no way um, that they were able to um, bring the emergency supplies to the people there. So no humanitarian aid because of the bombing of that crossing. I'm not going to get into who's who in the zoo and who who might have did what, when, where, why, and how, but things are getting mighty suspicious, folks. That's why I'm like, you know... I won't. I will not allow myself to become emotionally attached to any of this stuff. I, I see a lot of people doing that, and I won't. I won't do it. I cannot. It is the fat. It is my personal opinion. The fastest way for you to miss being part of the bride of Jesus Christ is to allow your emotions to get involved in what's going on over there. There is too much evil. Let the evil play out, and accept that you are a citizen of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. We are to keep our minds stayed on things above. Please don't forget that. This is a bait by the devil to suck us into it. Acknowledge it. Mark it in your Bible. Know that it is a marker in time. We're leaving real soon. All right. I'm, I could sit here and quote you scripture after scripture. When you see the army surrounding Jerusalem... Luke 20, what is that? Luke 20, verse 24, something like that. I forget, but whatever. It, it's right there. 20, it's 2120, I think. Yeah, 2120, when you see the army surrounding Jerusalem. I asked, I asked a, a friend of the family, called me up, tell me what's going on, tell me what's going on. And I'm like, well, look at the scripture right here, Luke 2120. It says, you know, when you see the army surrounding Jerusalem, you know, run for the hills, you know, get out of the, get out of the country, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Well, guess what? What do you think an army is? Does an army need a tank? Does an army need a gun? Does an army need a knife? What is an army? What are all these millions of people that are surrounding Jerusalem right now? Who are they? What qualifies them as an army? Bodies. And the bodies are there. And they're there right now. This is prophecy being fulfilled. All right. um, Next headline up. The IDF told us we warned you yesterday with two bombs. Now listen to this. The I this, these are doctors. Okay, these are the these are do, look. Do am I saying that they're lying? No, I'm not. A, am I? Do I? I told you I'm not emotionally involved in any of this. I am merely giving you information. Okay, it says according to these doctors, and I do not speak, uh, you know, Farsi. Okay, so I can't. You know, I could play you this audio bite, but I don't speak Farsi. So I can't do a translation, and I doubt we have anybody in the audience that can speak Farsi either. Okay, but I'm here to tell you they are given testimony, and according to the people that can speak Farsi, they said that the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, told them, said, we warned you yesterday with two bombs, so why have you not evacuated the hospital until this moment? Okay, that's what these doctors at the hospital are saying on this particular, uh, you know, um, audio bite. Okay, like I said, I could play it, but all you would hear is them talking Farsi, and it wouldn't make any sense to you. But 
That's okay. Let's go ahead and listen to this man at MSNBC. MSNBC, I'm going to read you the lead into this. MSNBC scrutinizes Israel. A correspondent admits Palestinian groups in Gaza do not have missiles which could cause large-scale casualties and damage such as that which occurred at the hospital. Israel, and so, and it goes on to say Israel's lied in the past, previously saying that the Shireen Abu Akla was killed in the Palestine, and it was, and she was actually killed by an Israeli soldier. Now, I don't have an opinion about this. I am simply playing, I'm replaying an audio bite from MSNBC in the United States of Babylon the Great. Let's listen to this. Hold on. Here we go. They do not tend to kill hundreds of people in a single strike in the way that Israeli high explosives, especially these bunker buster bombs that are used to target these Hamas tunnels under Gaza City, do have the potential to kill hundreds of people. And we should say finally that there are instances in the past where the Israeli military has said things in the immediate aftermath of an incident that have turned out not to be true in the long run. And the one example I'll give you is that when the Al Jazeera journalist Shireen Abu Akleh was killed in the occupied West Bank, the Israeli military initially said that she was killed by Palestinian gunmen, and it was only months and months later that they admitted that it was likely an Israeli soldier who fired the fatal shot. All right. So hold on a second. got to turn down some of the mixer controls because that was very low audio. So, again, that was a correspondent on the scene in uh, Israel uh, reporting on the, you know, during the whole, when the foray was taking place and everybody's come. It was Israel. No, it was Palestine. No, it was Israel. No, it was Palestine. No, it was Israel. No, it was Palestine. No, it was Israel. No, it was Palestine. All that kind of stuff. All right. So, anyway, you heard the report. I'm just presenting the information on MSNBC. Now, interestingly, um, we've been told by our Heavenly Father through prophecies, dreams, visions, and every other thing that people would be waking up during this time, okay, that these end times events would eventually be waking people up. Praise God. We've been uh, instructed by our Heavenly Father and through prophecies, where surely the Lord God does nothing without first revealing it through his servants, the prophets, Amos 3, 7, okay, basically, you know, and, we, and we've been listening to those prophecies over the last 12 years, and we've been collecting them. Now, one of the things that our Heavenly Father has told us through these prophecies, dreams, and visions is that if we continue to pray for our loved ones, that they're going to come around, that people are going to wake up. Now, is everybody going to wake up while we're still here on earth? Maybe not. Some of them are going to wake up after we leave. That's fine. Some of them are maybe going to get cast into the Great Tribulation. Okay, and then are they going to wake up then? You, Yeah, they are. They surely, surely are. Okay, if they're running from locusts with the seal of God on their forehead, you better believe they're going to wake up. Now, all that being said, I've been praying for my daughter for a long time. I am not saying that she's throwing herself on the ground prostrate like Daniel when the angel showed up. I am not saying she's bawling and begging Jesus to forgive her of all of her sins. I'm not saying any of those things. But I will say this. She woke up and I got a message from her at 4.05 p.m. indeed. And it says, I am not joking you, I actually have a screenshot of it. She goes, Man! Exclamation point. And I'm talking about a lot of letter A. She says, I finally crawled out from under my rock to watch the world news on Saturday, and I haven't been able to turn it off. 
George, which is her husband, is trying to talk to me about labor laws in the United States, and, and why do I care about labor laws right now? Dad, have you seen the news? This must be how you feel all the time. <laughs> okay, folks. The only thing I got a whole soundboard with, I don't know what, 100 sound effects on it, and there's only one that responds adequately to this comment from my daughter. Dad, this must be how you feel. And oh, by the way, the word all is capital A, capital L, capital L. <laughs> this is must must be how you feel all the time. And I did answer back and I said, yep. I said, the people behind this are intentionally trying to start World War III. When Israel and other U.S. lawmakers said that the Hamas attack was Israel's, quote, Pearl Harbor and... 9-11, it was code for an excuse to start World, world War by attacking Iran, which will, uh, which will anger Russia and the other Arab states fantastically, and they will want to start World War III. All right, I know what I said was these entities, these people that are behind all this, want to start World War III. There's a reason why there are two full-size carrier strike forces off the coast of Israel. They want to. It is a plan. They're doing this on, make no mistake, the Israeli Mossad does not get tricked. They do not miss attacks like this. They do not. Period. All right. So again, um, I'm looking at the time. Um, we still we can bring on. We, look, Robert, hang in there for me, brother. Hang in there for me because I want to get a couple of more things out here. There, uh, so again, so it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Okay, it really is. I got another report from BBC Radio Five Live, and it says the rocket that has been has been fired by the Islamic Jihad, and we are 100 percent sure they say that. Um, it is, uh, you know, um, uh, that, that, that it was uh, launched, that the rocket came from the pa Palestinian Islamic Jihad, that they're responsible, even though the guy from MS MSNBC makes a very poignant point. Do you understand, folks, how much firepower it takes to level a hospital that is several stories high and as wide and as huge as that hospital was? You realize that the majority of the of the missiles that that they well, anyway I'm not going to get into it. You heard what the guy said. You heard what he said. All right, just leave it at that. Leave it at that. All right. Another uh, headline reads: Black flag on the Great Mosque, Ma uh, Mashhad in Horasan. Uh, A black flag is now flying on the Great Mosque of Mashhad Horasan, and it is hung. The appeal of last day is pronounced. The riot in Jerusalem is the west, and in the West Bank begins. The Turks attack the United States military base. Israel, Israeli, and U.S. embassies in many Islamic countries are now under assault. The indignation against Israeli 
bombing of the hospital in Gaza is rising worldwide. Awkward efforts of Israel to present the bombing as a Hamas deed has only fueled anti-Israel feelings and didn't convince anybody. The time accelerates. In the weeks that have gone, uh, have they have forgotten, Russia and Ukraine disappear into the shadow of the Middle East. By the way, each day Ukrainians try to explode the Zaporizhny uh, nuclear station. They think that only through a nuclear explosion can they turn attention back to them, and they can live only by massive attention. Everything aggravates, according to this man named Alexander Dugan, who is a Russian philosopher. So that is his viewpoint, and you know what? He's right. I'm looking right now at the black flag on the top of that mosque, and that is an Iranian signal for war. For war. That black flag, just so you know, has never flown before. This is the first time. And it means war. Okay? Okay. Now, you know, if I got my facts wrong, send me an email and stuff. Just don't call me mean names or I'll have to block you forever and ever. Amen. All right. Next headline up. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Arabs are convinced that Israel plans to blow up one of the United States aircraft carriers to cause World War III to start. Could it, could it be? Could it be true? Might it happen? I don't know. But it is interesting that, well, here, just listen to what Putin says. This is very important. Listen, pay very close attention. You hear that? <coughs> Did you hear that? Oh, come on. Did you hear that? Look at Oh, come on. Okay. I'm messing with him. But that is Putin. Putin says that the United States aircraft carriers are sent to support is that are sent to support Israel are well within the range of the Kinzhal supersonic missiles that they have just kind of like tooling around the Black Sea. He explains that their distance is, uh, you know, something like 1,100 meters or something. Or I don't know. I don't. This is well over a thousand. And um, and he shows on a map. Um, hey, these are easy targets for us. <laughs> he now he got now he goes on to say we have no intention of shooting at them, but he's letting everybody know just in case you know you want to share it with your grandma and talk about it over Thanksgiving. He wants you to know that the Kinzhal missiles will have no problem reaching those aircraft carriers at the speed of Mach nine. <laughs> you ain't gonna hit one of those missiles. <laughs> All right. All right. Another headline is up. Amman Jordan protesters breaking into the United States Embassy. So all the embassy, just about everywhere, just about everywhere. I don't know every single place. I don't. And you know what? It's happening all over the place. It's, you know, Denmark. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to mention a bunch of countries and it would ha- be wrong, but it's, it's just about everywhere, folks. It's just about everywhere. Uh, so you got the embassies being broken into. You got 
an innumerable company of armies gathering all over. A black flag of war now flying on the mosque in Iran. Iran is now petitioning all the other Arab nations. It's time for us to attack. It's time for us to attack. Uh, Israel is planning to do a ground assault, and, and Iran has already said, you do that, we're going to attack you, and it ain't going to be just us. We're going to have a whole bunch of our buddies coming with us. Uh, the Bible says right there in Luke 21, verse 20, it says, when you see the army surrounding Jerusalem, get the heck out of Dodge. Run for it. Run for your lives. I mean, folks, what is happening right now? The Bible is reading like a newspaper. The Bible is reading like a newspaper. The Bible is reading like a newspaper. Next one up. Jordan and Egypt will not allow Palestinian refugees to come in. says right here, uh, the uh, King uh, Abdullah of Jordan says that, well, you know, for us, that's a red line. Uh, that's a red line because I think it, it, it is the plan by, uh, by certain of the uh, usual suspects to try and create de facto issues on the ground. No refugees in Jordan. No refugees in Egypt. And according to the reporter, Colin Rugg, who put this up on uh, Twitter, he said, well, looks like they're coming to America. And you know what? Now you know the rest of the story. Next one up. AI predicts, not that I really care what AI predicts, but it does. Thank you, West Coast Walder. I asked, I asked West Coast Walder, so uh, tell me, how do you do all this AI stuff? And he's like, I ain't messing with that stuff. I don't trust it. It's up the devil. Uh, AI is weird. It's creepy. You know, and, and, and I'm like going, well, obviously he wasn't creepy enough to send it to me, but I'm just messing with him. I like messing with West Coast. He's funny. But anyway, um, evidently AI predicted that there's a 72% chance of World War III. And according to AI, which, of course, is to me is just – a ridiculous algorithm. I don't really care much about it. I don't. But I just found these numbers to be most troubling. It claims that not only is there a 72% of World War chance of probability of World War III occurring, but it also believes that it will include up to 5.3 billion people. That's a lot. Next one up. Israeli uh, invasion plans tar to target Gaza City and Hamas leadership. They're talking about the ground invasion. They're planning for it. They have a lot of footage, uh, and they're telling everybody about it. Another headline reads, thank you, Jesus. Israeli's ground offensive in Gaza may not be a full invasion, says the ex-U.S. ambassador. Israeli's ground offensive in the Gaza Strip may not be a full invasion, but one that takes place in phases, said former U.S. ambassador to Israel. A major concern that Israel would face during the ground assault are ambushes and fight fighters emerging from the tunnels in Gaza, said Kurtzler, or Kurtzer. And let me tell you something, folks. That's the fact, Jack. That's going to be a – talk about – all I can tell you is if you, if you study tunnel warfare, oh, my, oh, my. This could last a long, long time. Next one up. Netanyahu says first ever wartime visit by a U.S. reptilian was deeply moving. Wait a minute. Got to adjust my glasses here. 
No, it says Netanyahu says first ever wartime visit by a rubber mask wearing reptilian was deeply moving. I could taste the latex as I gave him smooches in front of the entire world. No, not, not say that. Hold on, let me put my two dottos on. Oh, hold on, let me sit here and see if I can. Oh, much better. Netanyahu says first ever wartime visit by U.S. leader was deeply moving. Okay. Well, that's not as exciting as a latex mask wearing reptilian, but okay. He's definitely playing the uh, <laughs> 9-11 Pearl Harbor thing. And then that thing, that entity, that tear that's being controlled by the Antichrist, married to a man... Oh, boy. Another headline. Israel-Hamas war live. Biden says 20 trucks of aid are to enter Gaza via Egypt. How are you going to do that? Across the Rafa crossing? They just blew it up. Are you paying attention? Do you have your depends on? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, of course, we got the testimony of the people from the hospital. The list goes on and on and on. I could play uh, seven minutes. I wonder if that's enough time. Let's bring Robert up to, yeah. But when you see Jer- Luke twenty-one twenty, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you know that desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountain. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. Let not those who are in the country, uh, not, not, not those who are in the country, enter her. For these are the days of vengeance. These are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Ouch! <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies. For in those, for in those days. For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Could that be now? No, surely not. Wait a minute. What's an army? Doesn't all the don't I mean really when you think about it, don't all those people in, in Amman, don't they all need to have a tank? Don't they all need to be in a personnel carrier? Don't they eat I mean come on, surely at least every four or five of them have to be in a Humvee, don't they? What's the definition of an army? What was the definition of an army when they were marching around praising God in Jericho? What was that? What was the definition of an army back then? Is a pocket knife good enough? Hmm. Very interesting when you look at all of the aerial photographs of the innumerable company of Arabs that are angry and want to join in the war with the black flag of Iran flying. Hmm. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, The desolation is near. Hmm. I don't know. Things that make you scratch your head in the end times. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I got some good stuff, folks. 
I got some good stuff. I, there's one I wanted to play for you tonight, but I'm not going to be able to. That's okay. But I am going to play you this just before we bring on Brother Robert. We need a little bit of a cheering up, okay? So this guy does – I don't know who he is. And if he says bad words, please forgive me because I honestly do not remember if he does. I really don't remember. So if he does, moms, dads with kids out there, please, you know, warn your kids. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this guy is a comedian, and he does the best imitation of Donald Trump ever. you got to hear this guy. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and bring this up. And then we'll bring on Robert Vandreas Mitchell. Here we go. Trump gave what I think was probably one of the greatest speeches of world leaders given. You know, it's got to be up there with, like, Churchill, <laughs> Gettysburg Address. <laughs> anyway. For real, though, it was my favorite speech I've ever seen a president give. It was the night night the United States killed the leader of ISIS. Trump comes out of the Situation Room at, like, midnight in the White House, and he walks down that fucking tunnel. Oh, sorry about that. There is. I didn't know. Post-game NBA. (laughs) Just killed a guy press conference. He walks up in front of the entire world at midnight and just goes, Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi is dead. He died like a dog. (laughs) That's all his, dude. <laughs> I just one word of that. That's what he opened with. And then he did 40 minutes. The speech is 40 minutes. For no reason. It wasn't a prepared speech. He freestyled 40 straight. Not even a speech. Just mean shit talk for 40. The meanest shit talk you've ever heard. In front of the whole world. Abu. We can hear him crying, I said. Abu, don't cry. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Abu cried. He cried quite a bit. I wouldn't have cried. <laughs> Cry baby back, daddy. That's what we were all calling. <laughs> Sorry for the bad words. <laughs> I don't even know who this guy is, but he definitely does an incredible impression of Donald Trump. He cried. <laughs> anyway, so if you ever get a ch- if you get a chance to uh, hear this, I don't know. The- I can't hook you up with it because I don't. Uh, I don't know the guy's name, but anyway, as you can tell, he does an uh, unimpeachable, perfect, uh, minus the bad words, which he didn't use them, uh, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, imitation or whatever, a rendition, if you will, of Donald Trump. So, um, and it's true. It's true. Um, so anyway, um, praise God for that. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Brother Robert Vandreas Mitchell. Hallelujah. Here we go. Brother Robert, are you there? I am unmu- you are? Okay. How are you doing? Okay, looks like his mic cut out. How's everything in Wales, man? Is it raining uh, Angora sheep? <laughs> are you there? Not that I know of. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Hello? How, how are okay. you? I'm okay, despite all the things that are happening. I am part of Jewish um, heritage, so I am a little bit more careful when I go out with all the craziness out there. And I totally agree with what you said before, that 
the West, as the UK and the US, should not under any circumstance allow any Palestinian refugees to come in. Because, yeah, they hate Jews and Christians alike. And it is like, then, if you let them in, it's like, yes, they do. And it is allowed then in, uh, like, those, uh, what we had in the 80s and 90s, those uh, suicide bombers, if you remember, in the Middle East. Yeah, they, and it is yeah, not, that we, and not for nothing. It is not for nothing, right. but Israel and Jordan has already said, we won't let them in. So, because they know right. how they are. Right. So, yeah. Um, and then you see all those lefties, those the, those kids, those morons, those uh, the sissy generation, as I call them. That are uh, the ones eh, that are behind and are pro uh, LGTB and all the the rest. While they don't seem to realize, they now rooting for a group, um, a group of Palestinians or Muslims, and they don't seem to realize the the group that they are also for the uh, LGTB alphabet soup. That in those countries, those people would be killed and hanged for what they are, as gays and lesbians. But yeah, those sissy generation on universities, they have no understanding uh, what they are talking about and how they go on the streets for pro-Palestinia and all that. It's such a, yeah, I weep for the nation, for the Western nations with the young generation of children. I know that they are brainwashed in parts, but still. Yes. So the, uh, so it's, it's no secret, no secret whatsoever that Generation Z um, and the millennials, which makes up millions of people, millions, remember that it takes 34 years for a human being to count to 1 billion. 34 years to count to a billion. There are millions and millions and millions, tens of millions, tens of millions. I don't know what the exact number is. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do some searching just to add some context to this, okay? Um, Total number of Generation Z. Okay, I'm going to leave it at the voting generation. Okay, Generation Z voted at a higher rate. Come on, please, just give me the numbers. Oh, what is it? Okay, please, just give me the numbers. Just give me the numbers. All right, hold on a second. got to really get my microphone in close. Uh, Nope, it's not going to give me the numbers there. Uh, Nope, it's not going to tell me. Okay, I'd have to go in and search down, generation search a whole break. C, generation um, C comprises for 32% of the world population. Okay, so um, Alexa, what is 32% of 8 billion? Plus. 2 billion Gen Zers. 
I'm, I rounded it down. Wow. Two bill, two bill, now, now, please, please take note, because we, we're, we're humans, and we, we, we do really stupid, silly, dumb, one sandwich short of a picnic thing. We don't think very well, because we're human beings. Please understand, that number two billion, that number two billion does not include the millennials, and it needs to. So what we're probably dealing with is something to the effect of just about half the population of the world is not just a couple of sandwiches short of a picnic. We're talking about they arrived at the picnic and there was no food at all inside their basket. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with an exceedingly dangerous dynamic. Uh, and, 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 it's, and, and, and here's the worst. So to make matters even worse, it, to Paul Harvey's point, 1965 what would you do if i was what would i do if i was the devil it's been it's on purpose it's been part of the plan all along to destroy the educational system of the united states of babylon the great they've been working on it since like 1960 yeah the the erosion the destruction of this of at least the United States, never mind the other countries. Now, now, granted, you could say, you could make the argument, and you would be right, that a percentage of those um, Gen Zers and Millennials are from China, they're from Japan, they're from you know South Korea, whatever, and they have wonderful educational systems. And the fact of the matter is, you would be right. The ones that are truly dangerous are the ones that are from the UK, the, the, the ones that are from the, quote, West, the ones that are from Belgium, France, Denmark, Greece, uh, is, you know, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, you know, Spain, uh, Italy, the United States, Canada, uh, you know, uh, Australia, um, New Zealand. These are the ones that are dangerous. They're extremely dangerous. They don't. You know, you ask, um, you know, sometimes for the fun of it, people will, you know, watch YouTube, they'll watch TikTok or whatever, and they'll have some person on the street, you know, Frankie on the street with a microphone, and he'll be walking up to various Gen Zers and Gen Xers, and they'll they'll ask real simple questions like, who was the first president of the United States? And they'll say something like, Eddie Murphy? (laughs) I mean, you know, it's just unbelievable the answers that they'll get. They have no idea what you're talking about. And these people are voting. So what's happening is, and and then you've got, so you not only do you have educations that have been utterly obliterated, destroyed, they have no education. What you're really talking to here, and I have these conversations with people at work too, because one of the problems that, that in my profession, and if it's my profession, it's other professions as well, they have no work ethic at all. And they quit their jobs in a snap. I, I, without naming names, I can tell you that I know of a particular Gen Zer that during the pandemic when it was work from home, would log into his computer, put a hacker tool on it to make it look like he was working, and sleep the entire day away. I joke you not. So... Anyway, where, where am I heading with all this? The problem is it's not just the intentional destruction of the educational system. It's also the moral corrosion and the moral destruction based on television, based on video games, first-person shooters, you name it. Take your pick. It includes the millennials. It includes the Gen Zers. What we're talking about is 
absolute obliteration of entire generations, rendering them utterly, utterly dangerous to be alive. The very existence of their opinion on earth is a danger to the lives. Look, people are out there flipping out because someone's not wearing a mask in a grocery store for crying out loud. Look around you. Look at the people that are looting the stores. Look at the people who are running out with, you know, uh, uh, 55-inch TVs in their hands. Look at these people. Who are they? The people that were getting arrested in Philadelphia for looting the stores. Who were they? They were Zers. They were Gen Xers. I'm sorry, millennials. That's who they were. These people are going to murder us. They are as dangerous to our lives as the Palestinians are going to be when they get here. Now, you put them together with the Palestinians, now you get yourself a real problem. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, to your yeah. point, it's it's really, really, it's it's far worse than we can imagine. And And I've wondered, now I'd like to hear your comment on this, but I've wondered, I'm going to close with this comment. It says in the Bible that we're going to suffer persecution in the Olivet Discourse. It says we're going to have pestilence, famine, all that kind of stuff. Well, pestilence, what was the pandemic? Pestilence? By, by the definition of, of – it's pestilence. All the over, – over 150 um, – oh, don't even get me going on the millions upon millions of cattle and pigs and chickens that have been slaughtered and the egg factories and the, and the meat factories that have been burned to the ground. I mean, just the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. It never ends. All of the farmland that's getting bought up by Bill Gates, what do you think he's going to do with it? He's going to starve us to death. I, you know, look at what happened to the farmers over in the Netherlands. They had their farms taken away by force. These people are committing suicide for crying out loud. These things are happening all over the world right now as we speak while we're all staring at Netanyahu and all the baloney and 9-11 and Pearl Harbor nonsense that's going on over in the Middle East, these entities are continuing to clamp down on us. CBDCs are about to go into place. Digital IDs are about to go into place. The next pandemic is about to be released. They're going to come out with more needles. They're going to be jamming them in our arms. They're going to be throwing us in FEMA camps. The problem is people aren't paying attention because we're too busy looking at all the nonsense that's on the news right now over there. It's a sleight of hand. And you know what? That sleight of hand is going to lead directly into World War III. Now. Yes, it does. And I, I don't know if people back have... Talk your pants off. Have at it. All right. Oh, by the way, the number of millennials as by, as by 2019 is 72.1 million. It doesn't say if it's only in the U.S. or around the world, but that's the number of millennials. But yeah, to come back, the whole that thing with Israel and, and okay, and and in Palestine, I noticed that suddenly people were had enough about the whole Ukraine Russia Russia thing, and suddenly now we had to broken out the whole thing with Israel and Palestine. Another thing that we also could see is that the money that now are given uh, to uh, Israel that they also could put uh, other money on the, on the back side of it, but it's not meant for Ukraine, because they cannot still give Ukraine in a hidden form when they give aid to the Israelis. 
And then in the U.S., of course, you still have now the whole thing that there is no speaker in the House, but it's still uh, ongoing as well, unless they have chosen one today. But I think that the people in the House have been sent back till uh, Monday, I heard on uh, Tris Regan's uh, show. So that is another thing that's going on, of course, in the U.S. It's no House speaker. Uh, so nothing can go through uh, Congress or the House. So, yeah, those are all things that are going on. And uh, and also, but those uh, Gen Zers don't seem to realize that they can say and praise the Palestines. Now, I, I want to see if you put them two together, because the Gen Zers are all full about the LGTB and uh Gays and lesbians and and uh, transgenders, Robert, while the Palestinians Robert, as Muslims, Robert, yes. Robert, did a bunch of Gen Zers come to your house and like spray paint bad words on it? Because, dude, I have never heard you rant so much about a demographic. I've known you for years. What happened? Did a mob of Gen Zers come over and rip the roof off your house? No, not yet. I'm just curious. I'm I'm not yet. He says. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you never know. Uh, you you never know me. with those mops. But no, yeah, but no, but it, oh, if no, you see the brain, I got two words for you. I got two words for you. Valerian root. Okay. Valerian. Ask for it by name, because, my friend, if you were here at my house right now, I would be giving you Valerian Root, because you are one right right now. (laughs) You're killing me, man. To me, it is a sissy generation, because with anything that you say, they cannot handle and and all that type of crap. You can – I wonder if they probably would see – Movies as we saw in the uh, 80s, 70s. I saw yesterday uh, Blazing Saddles. I thought probably they would explode if they would see that, even if if they are able to see that, if they're not fainting for what is going on in those movies. And let's be honest, Blazing Saddles. Real quick. I got to hang in there for me. I got to do a station identification. Brought to you by. Gen Z hate club. <laughs> no, but you too I, can be I part of the Gen Z hate club. Just send fifty nine ninety five to P.O. Box, Robert Vandrius Mitchell, Wales, United Kingdom. <laughs> I have not seen. I have not seen a dumber generation than that. I know it is part of the school system, how they are programmed, but nonetheless. It's, it really is, and God help the world when they come in power. That is, if we are not already done up there with all the things going on, of course. But you can imagine, if they come in power in companies and, and all the other things, let's say in 10 years, how that will change the landscape of this world with their woke uh, bullshit and all that crap. Well, no, 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 no. I got to get you, Robert, Robert. 
We've known each other a long time. Please. Yes. Either take some Valerian route or immediately change the subject. Because if I hear Gen Z one more time, the show's over. I will play okay. the music and we will go home. All right? We're done with the Gen Z topic. Take a chill pill and shift the subject to something else. Okay? All right. I don't want to hear the word Gen Z again as long as I live. <laughs> okay? As a matter of fact, hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. Real quick. All right. So to get us back on track, um, hold on, I'm almost there. Scrolly, 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 scrolly. Come on, man. Oh, well, almost there. Here we go. Let's take a quick break and listen to this guy real quick, and then we'll get you to comment on this. All right, here we go. We have a flash sale of DNA Force okay, Plus that is our six, flagship product. Five, 50% off. Four, we haven't done that in a year. Three, we are selling products two, from 40 to 60. One now. Hey everybody, Josh Sigurdsson, World Alternative Media here, and Israel bombed a Christian hospital today, or Hamas did. There's conflicting reports. Both, of course, mean that Israel did because Hamas was created by Israel in the first place. But essentially, Israel is indeed calling for a World War III scenario with Iran, China, Russia, etc., with you guys as the sacrificial lambs as Putin is preparing Russians for World War III with nationwide nuclear war drills. I wanted to go into this insane event at this hospital and what Netanyahu is calling for long-term as they call for a literal World War III scenario. It is pretty astonishing how far they are willing to go to enslave us, my friends. But at the end of the day, this is the Great Reset after all. Before we get into these breaking stories and, and, and put, put together all these puzzle pieces, which, by the way, we have a lot of to go over today, uh, we're going to go into that in a moment. But first, I urge people to check those links below. Check out Wild Pastures and get 20% off for life plus $15 off your first box of meat delivered to your door that's non-GMO, no, no hormones, no steroids, no feedlots, no antibiotics, 100% grass-fed uh, and, and finished beef, pasture-raised pork, pasture-raised chicken, and wild-caught seafood. You can customize your own box, fast delivery in 48 U.S. states, and this way you don't have to worry about eating mRNA food and mystery meat from your local grocery store, which continues to raise prices dramatically. You are instead supporting yourself, your, your own health, and your local farmer. So go and check out that amazing deal that you can only get through our link for 20% off for life and customize your box. Oh, and good grief. Get on with right it, man. To your door temperature controlled. Back on it. <laughs> also make sure to check out heavensharvest.com oh, for long-term food that's non-GMO, organic, <laughs> heirloom seeds, water Excuse filtration me. and storage, and books on We're how live to get on the air, Use code WAM, W-A-M, <laughs> and you get free shipping but on much of these me. products. I'll be quiet. He must be a Gen life Versus a great reset. And all the stuff we're seeing with Israel and Russia and Ukraine and China right now all comes down to the great reset. And we need to get prepared now, not later, Thanks, my friend. Captain so Obvious. I was on below. a totally different anyway, track. Here is the story today. So this out of zero hedge, 500 plus casualties after Israel bombs hospital in Gaza City, Palestinian officials. Now, remember, Hamas was created by Mossad and the U.S. government. They're armed. They're no different than, say, ISIS or al-Qaeda or the Taliban or the Mujahideen. All these entities 
were created by the U.S. government, armed and funded, and, of course, the Israeli government through Mossad and the British government through MI6. This is quite obvious, and you know we have this problem reaction solution thing happening right now in the Middle East, where the whole idea initially for the last several decades was to create the Greater Israel Project to stabilize the area and move the, Israel, the Israeli border from the Nile to the Euphrates. And then it touches the Black Sea, basically, and then above that you have Ukraine, the homeland of the Khazarians. We have a very occult a very ritualistic move happening before our eyes right now. And it's not about let's support Hamas or let's support Israel. Both of them, it, it, it's all part of the same entity and people are picking sides, which is just so absurd. That's why the story today is so interesting. When we see this story about a, a Christian hospital getting bombed by Israel and 500 plus casualties, absolutely devastating footage coming out of what happened uh, this guy on Twitter, Mohammed uh, Shahada, says the moment Israel bombed the Ahli Baptist Hospital, leading to over 500 casualties, a huge missile can be heard dropped on the facility with a significant blast field only seen in Israeli airstrikes in Gaza. The hospital was housing hundreds of wounded and elderly and thousands of refugees. Now, <clears throat> of course, Israel is claiming that it was a misfire by Hamas. However, here we have Netanyahu appointed Israeli digital spokesperson Hanania uh, Naftali just posted and then deleted a tweet admitting that Israel bombed the Baptist hospital in Gaza, killing 500 citizens. Only problem, Naftali reported that the IDF thought they hit a terrorist base. Whoops, here we have him saying Israel, Israeli Air Force struck a Hamas terrorist base inside a hospital in Gaza, a multiple number of terrorists are dead. It's heartbreaking that Hamas is launching rockets from hospitals, mosques, schools, and using civilians as human shields. Hamas is ISIS. They're right when they say Hamas is ISIS because ISIS, again, was created by U.S. intelligence agencies, British intelligence agencies, and yes, Israeli intelligence agencies. And they are uh, sitting around in hospitals and schools because it gives them reason. And I know this sounds completely evil and unnecessary, but of course, all this was unnecessary. It's all about this really is evil incarnate that it gives Israel a reason to blow up schools and hospitals. And then they create, uh, you know, images of sympathy on both sides. They get people divided against each other. And therefore, they get their problem reaction solution repeat scenario. That is the whole point. Jackson, <clears throat> Jackson Hinkle on Twitter points out, Israel bombed the Jordanian field hospital this week. Israel bombed a U.N. school this week, killing 30 students and 11 U.N. staff. Israel bombed the last Christian hospital in Gaza today, killing over 500 citizens. Israel is a terrorist state. Well, I just want to point out all states are terrorist states. But it is absolutely insane how, how crazy like the Israeli government is on Twitter here. It says, I, I wrote this on Twitter, and you can follow me at, at World Alt Media. It says, the Israeli government is posting this as if it's not ironic. Israel has killed far beyond the amount of children that the, their Mossad created Hamas have killed by orders of magnitude. Then again, this is just one big chess game. And what Israel said was slaughtering children is not fighting for freedom. They have the balls <laughs> to post that. I mean, right. the level of irony. Right. Hold on. So anyway, this is another one of those opinions. There is no 
Now, this guy here is obviously very anti-Israel. I am not. I happen to know it's a two-way street, and it's a very, very, very dark, 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 bad situation in both directions. But what we do know is that they are setting up World War III. At the end of the day, yeah. at the end of the day, take all the fat off the, off the steak. Let's not get into the weeds, and that's what's happening. Everybody's getting into the weeds. Everybody. Let's get out of the weeds. Let's look at the big picture. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that there's a great tribulation. The Bible says there's a time of Jacob's trouble. The Bible tells us everything that's going to be happening on the earth. Pestilence, famine, armies surrounding Jerusalem. Persecution. Jesus told us in the Olivet Discourse. He itemized every little thing. We know what's in the six seals. Global financial collapse. The red horse riding, Russia. Already happening. World War III, already in progress. That's the fourth seal. Behold a pale horse. And his name was Death. Quarter of the earth is involved. What is a quarter of the earth? Canada. America. United Kingdom. Europe. Australia. New Zealand, that's 25% of the earth, is death. It's already delineated in our Bible. We already know where we're heading. We know what the end game is. We know that the uh, inoculations from the bioweapon that was launched against mankind resulted in us being, or not all of us, thank you, Jesus, but a, but a huge percentage of the population being injected with graphene oxide nanoparticles that can be activated with sound or with uh, radio frequencies and pulses it's the infrastructure for the mark of the beast it's already in place we already know that cbdc's central bank digital currencies are being integrated all around us it's happening right now uh bank of america just announced something like a 1.3 billion dollar loss or something in alaska and they and they believe that it'll just work its way out and all this kind of stuff my point is this the banks are still collapsing there's a two quadrillion derivatives market riding on the housing industry in the united states right now the situation the, the, the discussions about the petrodollar the dumping of the united states treasury bills Right now, the situation on the earth, literally every single one of the seals, every single one of the seals in Revelation chapter 6, and every single one of the things that Jesus warned about, warned us about in the Olivet Discourse is currently happening right now. Right now. Right now. So guess what? What's the last thing on the list? Do you think that, that Klaus Schwab and his little band of marauders have stopped setting up CBDCs? Do you think the digital ID is not being pushed out right now while we're all staring at what's going on over in Israel? Huh? Do, do you think anything has stopped? Do you think the black wall of evil has stopped closing in on all of us? No. It hasn't stopped. Everything is going full steam ahead. 15-minute cities are being constructed. All the things that, that we've been warned about, all the things, it, it's all still happening. It's all moving forward full speed ahead. And now they shifted. They, they realized after the longest period of time, a whole year, they realized that they could not get to Putin through the Zelensky. 
They realized that they could not use the Ukraine and do enough bad things with the Ukraine to trick Putin into World War III. So what did they do? They went to Plan B. They gave Israel a 9-11. Come on, man. Netanyahu giving a big slobbery kiss to Biden? Are you joking me? In front of the world? I know he didn't kiss him, but he gave him a big old hug and everything. It's the most moving moment in my entire... Oh, come on! Hamas not knowing? I'm sorry, uh, the Israeli Mossad not knowing that Hamas was planning a massive attack? Since when? Yeah, that's how... That is how laughable it really is. And, uh, yeah, you are, you, you are right. They couldn't do, it, do the World War III through Ukraine with Russia. So, yeah, they are now on Plan B. And in order to get even more involved, Iran, and hopefully also China. So, yeah, that uh, – and we are literally now being played in a literal sense. On the emotional level. But, uh, we are. So, yeah. Yes, we are. And, yeah, what the other guy said, okay, besides his hatred for Israel, uh, he was on a lot of points uh, correct. And But, uh, no, and, it's, yeah. It's, the, true. It's, it's true, but if you let him, who wants to sit and listen to 45 minutes of bad things that Israel did? How about yeah. three hours of things that Palestine did. Okay, at the end of the day, if you're going to play a he said, she said game, this game doesn't end. This could go on for years. There isn't nothing yeah. good to be said about Palestine either. So the the problem is it's a two-way street. And um, now, uh, Muslims by themselves no. cannot even come to one uh, one point of agreement. So let's alone that you don't have uh, Muslims as Palestine and and Israel. If Muslims to Muslims and Islam kill each other because they have one one brother said to another in ancient times, how can you expect that and the Palestine that are being trained and programmed into hatred of Jews and Christians alike? How can you expect them that they will live side by side? No, they're, you know, even when they're little weenie babies, when they're, when they're three, yeah. four, or five years, they're being, yeah, they, they will kill you. They will kill you. Yes, they, will, they are literally programmed from, uh, I will not say from birth straight away, but from very young on uh, to hate Jews and Christians alike. And so, I, and, and then that's a, that's a two-way street as well, though, my friend. You there mean are with the, with the Jew- there's a left and a right in Israel, and as a general rule, right now, according to the reports, and there's a lot of them, hundreds, thousands, thousands of reports. Right now, in Israel, if you are heard, whether it be, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's talking in the street, if you are heard or seen writing or saying anything, anything that is in support of the Palestinians in Gaza, 
They will arrest you. You will be disappeared. It is against the law. I have no doubt about it. You didn't know about Yeah, no, that is in full force right now. Full force. The law. Right now, if you are in Israel, and you're a member of the left, and there's a big left. There's a big left. uh, There's a left and a right in Israel. And if you're a member of the left, and you sympathize with the plight of Gaza and the Palestinians, and you say something, if somebody finds out about it, you make one little whimper of a comment on, you know, Facebook or whatever, you're done. Your life is over. You're going to jail. That's all she wrote. No debate. No habeas corpus. No, you get to see the magistrate. None of that. That is how serious the situation is over there. They're literally locking people up and throwing them in jail. The key is going away. It's just like January 6th here in the United States, at least when Pelosi was in in power and everything else. But, you know, and and look at all the people that are still in jail over January 6th. What's that all about? How many are still down in prison prison then? We've all lost count. Nobody knows how many J6ers are in jail. Here, let's try. I mean, they even threw people in jail for doing memes of Hillary Clinton. She was she was born for the purpose of negative means. Um, hold on a second. Let's see here. How many J6ers, J6 are in jail? Um, oh, my gosh. 366. Wow. I should say 366 and counting. Wait, how many people are charged in J6? Wait a minute. According to USA Today, as of January 6th of 2023, wait a minute, 192. Okay, 192 have been sentenced to incarceration. 950 have been charged. Wow. Over an event. Over an event that didn't really happen. It was a false flag. So much for democracy. Orchestrated event by FBI agents, hirelings. Yes. (laughs) It's like unbelievable. I I, I know, and uh, yeah, so much for a democracy, and you can imagine. Now, the question now is, depending how long the whole thing in Israel can uh, last, the question could be uh, asked, do we see uh, elections next year in the U.S.? If by hey. next year, this time, the conflict is hey, still you're going. Right. You're right. You bring up a very valid point. Tucker Carlson said no elections next year. Alex Jones no elections next year. Colonel Douglas McGregor, yeah, no is. elections next year. Michael, General Michael well, Flynn, election. no elections next year. The, the list of people who are extremely knowledgeable and influential about the things that are happening around the world today is and, – and the top of the – I just mentioned the very creme de la creme of that list. And every one of them believes there will be no – as a matter of fact, Tucker Carlson, my friend – I, I could probably find the clip. Tucker Carlson stated that 
the United States of America will be in a hot, this is, this is a quote, this is his words, not mine. The United States of America will be in a hot war with Russia. I think he says something like by the early part of 2024, and there won't be any, there won't be any 2024 election. I think he is right. We are we being be, set up for this now. I don't know. We are now being set up for this. Because this gives the government an, uh, an excellent, uh, what is it they call it? A whack the dog or something? Whack the dog. The tail. Uh, yes. There was a movie about it, I think, in the 90s as well. But, yeah, this gives the government an uh, perfect excuse. And so, yeah, we are being set up. And that means that elections can be uh, put aside for God knows for how long till he dies. And then Kamala takes over if she is still vice, vice president. And, yeah, it's it's such an insanity. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tucker Carlson is correct in the way how things are now going, especially how we have sending now two fleets of uh, carrier crafts, carriers, with carriers and, and other ships. And this is a recipe for a full-blown war. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. That's exactly what they're doing. No, yeah, it, it, it's all about Iran. I can go back and play. Uh, uh, they just did this. Um, hold on a second. All right, so here we go. General, especially the neocons. The neocons want a war with uh, Iran. Okay, hold on just a second. Yeah, listen to this, General General Wesley Clark. This is from like 12, 11 or 12, maybe more years ago. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to come in. You got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, you, We've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq? Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. So go through the countries again? Well, starting with Iraq, then Syria and Lebanon, then 
Libya, then Somalia and Sudan, and then back to Iran. And Cuba also was on the list because all the countries that he called, that he named, none of them had a central bank controlled by the Rothschild. That's right. Now, I got to share something. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You hear that? Yes. West Coast Walter just sent this in. He says that right now, as we're talking on this program, the United States Capitol building has been taken over by pro-Palestinian protesters. I saw that earlier on uh, Trista Weekend uh, show. What's that all about? Is this happening in the Capitol right now? Yes, it was uh, earlier also on the Trista Regan uh, show. What What is the Trista Regan show? I've never heard of anything like that. What is that? Trista Tr- Tr- Regan, she was also on Fox in, in the financial desk. And she also left Fox, I think, a couple of years ago. She also was uh, booted out. And she started also her own podcast. Like Tucker and Glenn Beck and the Both others. Palestinian demonstrators swarm on Capitol Hill, demand. This is Fox News. Hold on a second. Oh, I gotta focus my eyes. No way. 6:30 p.m. Yes, most early in the Palestinian demonstrators swarm on Capitol Hill, demand Gaza ceasefire as police arrest protesters. They don't have enough room in the Washington D.C. jail system to put all these people. No, this is this is unbelievable. We got the we got the FEMA camps, so we can put them in there. <laughs> With the Gen Zers, right? Whatever. Yeah. Whoever they <laughs> well, whatever are. Whatever uh, it takes, right? Whatever it takes, man. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't yeah. does they like get that a taste song. what the people in Palestine go through outdoors? This reminds me, this reminds me of my, um, of my uh, pre, uh, pre- this reminds me of that song by the offspring. You got to keep them separated. <laughs> I remember that song from way back. But anyway, no, man, this is say, unbelievable. They're in the Capitol building now? Who let them in? That's a big question. Who let the dogs out? Boo, boo, boo. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Who let the dogs in? Woof. I mean, what is this? What is this? This is unbelievable. It says know, Jews say now. So there's obviously a collection of Jewish Americans there. Um, yeah, man, this is this is spinning out of control really fast, Robert. What did you tell yeah. these people? Nothing. Oh come but, on! You, you had to send an email. Do you send some sort of an inflammatory, inflammatory, anti-Palestinian email to somebody? <laughs> this is unbelievable. Anyway, I uh, thank you, West Coast Walter, for sending this in here. I'm 
definitely struggling to believe. How did they get in? That's what I want to know. Yeah, how did they get in? Do you think they just had the guards open the doors and say, "Come on in," like they did on J six? I think so because why? When they came in, why they didn't? Why didn't they close the doors? What they normally do, according to certain routine. Because it seems it seems more people are now in the in the building than you saw on January sixth. Oh yeah, so sure looks like it to me. A, yeah, so it is certainly coordinated, uh, and whoever controls the building uh, must have allowed them to come in. No, I, I know. I cannot I see. Cannot I, I cannot see any I can. Yeah. I, it is insane, and yeah. But uh, yeah, this is uh, being, yeah. this is being communicated on Telegram by Russians. Yes. <laughs> the Russians who run the Intel Slava Z channel are ratting out to the entire world that the United States is being taken over by Palestinian protesters that are, that are currently have control of the United States Capitol building. Come on. What? This is unbelievable. Why not blame the Martians huh? if you can talk like that? My favorite Martian. <laughs> Those little antennas no, that pop up. Yeah, no, yeah, if they see all of this, I think they're going to make sure that they are zillions of light years away from here. If they are My favorite Martian. My yeah, favorite Martian. TV series Did you ever notice do you ever notice that the antennas that come out of my favorite Martian's head are like a basically a pair of uh, 1960s rabbit ears for the back of a TV? I can't say I have seen the series because I wasn't allowed by my handlers. You weren't? Oh, so wow. I haven't seen the series. There it is. But. Tim, you are looking at the first organic sending and receiving set. Uh, you are going to be a two-way radio? That's impossible. Why is it that you Earth people greet every daring idea with the word impossible? <laughs> I dream of genie with the light brown hair. The guy has, like, rabbit ears sticking out the back of his head. Oh. All right. I'm going to take a look at... On uh, Google for uh, my favorite Martian. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. My favorite. Hold on a second. I got to go to YouTube. I'll help you out. I'll help you out. Okay, so my favorite. There it is. My favorite Martian. All right. And hold on just a second. I'll get this. Okay, here we go. I'll I'll, I'll send you a link. Hold on. Hold on. I'll send you a link. Sending it right to your messenger. Control V, enter. All right, and now you have your okay. own official link inside Facebook Messenger to a classic My Favorite Martian from the 1960s. I found the, first, I found the episode on YouTube, uh, My Favorite Martian Series 1, Episode 1. I found it on YouTube. Yeah, you need, you need, 20. if you really want yeah. 
if you really want to participate in Americana, you need to get My Favorite Martian, The Ghost of Mrs. Muir. You got to get uh, I Dream of Jeannie. You got to get uh, Dennis the Menace. Um, yeah, whatever. But I, I can't believe it. they've got a Palestinian protest taking over the capital right now. This is unbelievable. But anyway, yeah, yeah. no, it's the world lost it. Iran's going to attack. I just want to. What I want to know is who all's going to attack with Iran, and what's going to end up happening. Are the carrier task forces going to go in and do what uh, John Bolton has been preaching over for the last decade plus? Um, you've got John Bolton. You've got um, uh, Lindsey Williams. You've got uh, you know that entity that refers to itself as Cheney's daughter. Yeah, Liz Cheney. I mean, you've got a bunch of people that are saying that we're supposed to go in and bomb and level Iran. That's what they want. They want to go in and level Iran. Yeah, if they want war with those nations, let they go uh, at the front themselves. I know it will not happen, but if you talk war, then you also have to show uh, the deed itself. Talk to talk, walk to walk. So yeah, this uh, yeah, Bolton, uh, Lindsey Graham, that has been talking yeah. to attack uh, Iran, no matter if we have evidence or not. List Cheney, yeah, did, another reptile. Yeah. And and all those people that talk about attacking uh, Iran. I would say, okay, you can say that you want to attack them, go in the army and go with the troops. And uh, when the uh, thing starts, then do your part for for the free world. Instead of saying it from the capital of uh, the USA, uh, from Washington, from a safe uh, place. Walk to, yes, if you want to say it, fine, but then also walk to walk. And not just talk to oh, talk. I, I, I'd love to see Graham charging the way. <laughs> Dress him up like, like Napoleon or something and put him in front of everybody else. Oh, man. Uh, the, the world has lost its This is just absolutely yeah, unacceptable. What You know, what's yeah, going to happen? Look, if they've got – if the Capitol building has been taken over by – uh, Palestinian protesters are planning on bringing them in as refugees to this country. Obviously, I mean it wouldn't have been a headline on 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 you know the Epic Times if they weren't definitely planning on doing it. So it's probably a day late and a dollar short at this point. They've already made up their mind, obviously. So they're going to do it. Yes. Um. You know. And wow, when you think about it. From a, from an antichrist, what's the worst thing you could possibly do to the United States of Babylon the Great, and the worst thing you could possibly do to the United Kingdom? Those two things are it. Yeah. In particular, Take, yeah. bringing those. in Palestinian refugees is it. That is the coup de gras. That is the bar none, the worst possible thing that you could do. Yeah. To the United Kids Kingdom who are and to love that, yeah, because oh, yeah. they have been no, brainwashed and uh, taught to love that. While in the West we love to live, 
and in Israel, but yeah, they are taught to die uh, and to blow up other people up. So yeah, if you're going to bring them over, that means that we're getting into our country's uh, suicide bombers. Yeah, I will say this. My friend, my friend Bill, who was part of the EIDF for five years, he said that um, while what you said is true, I'm not debating it. I'm not debating it. But my friend Bill, uh, my Jewish friend Bill, who did the IDF tour for five years, he said that the one way that you could get them to back down is you had to essentially throw them up against the wall and put the muzzle of your gun at the bottom of their chin. If they could feel the muzzle of your gun at the bottom of their chin and they believed that you were going to pull the trigger any second – they would cave. They'd give in. He said that was the only thing he could do. He said, anything else? And he said, you turn your back for a second, they will kill you. They will kill you in a snap. He goes, the only thing that they were able to do as part of the IDF to stop the problems that they were having, you know, to put an end to it, was they had to threaten them, threaten to kill them. It was the only thing they could do because nothing else would work. Nothing else had even the smallest effect on them their hatred was so thick so massive um he he, he, i remember him looking at me and saying john you have to see it to believe it you it is not something that the normal american the normal human on the earth would understand it is it is a hatred that is it's palatable. You can feel it. It's it's real. It's thick. It's you know you can practically cut it with a knife. That is how how ser- that's, that's that's how deeply they hate. Their hatred for uh, Jews and Christians is cannot you can't quantify it. You can't. You can't describe it. You can't. You can't. It is so horrible, so strong, so thick, so evil that you cannot explain it to another human. You can't. You can't. And um, uh, and I, I listened to him talk and go off about, you know, the different raids that they had to do while he was there and the different towns they had to go into and the experiences that he had and things that he saw with the little kids and all the horrible, all the horrible stuff. It It's bad. It's real, real bad. I'm not making up excuses. I'm not saying the stuff that Israel's done is, is any better. I'm not. I know Israel's done some really bad stuff. I know that. Okay, that it's this isn't about taking sides. You know what it is for us? For us, it's about acknowledging that we're just about out of here. If World War Three is about to start, which it certainly seems as though it, it is, that we're on the end, and if the cl- the countdown clock is the twenty tw- the twenty twenty four election, if that's the countdown clock. And they're planning on bringing Palestinian refugees into the United States and probably the United it Kingdom. And other... that way. Yes. The, it the clock is started, that man. That they bring them over. It's yeah, it's tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. The countdown clock has started. It has started. Yes. And we all walking uh, in with open eyes what's going on, how we are being played. We are, and, and I think the most important thing is just not to have – don't have feelings about it. 
You know, don't take sides. Don't blame people. Don't say this group is bad, that group is bad, except for Gen Z. We can say that about Gen Z. But but everybody else, but here's the thing. It, you know, it, it doesn't matter. This is God's movie. God is playing out the prophecies in the Bible. The prophecies in the yeah. Bible are going true. Gog and Magog invasion is going to happen. All these things are are going to happen, and they are already happening. You know, think about it, Robert. So, what show is this? Is this show number sixty-five of ours? What, what, what number sure. is this show? Hold on a second. Um, Let's look. I, 65, man. We only okay. do one show a month. Uh, yes. So, okay, so um, what is 65 divided by 12? Um, for, no, five. Five point something. Holy moly. Have we been doing this show for five years? Because I started out to come first with Daniel to follow your show. I remember. And then, then soon after you wanted me with you, and uh, of course Dan had his own uh, his own projects, and also to work with other clients and and stuff like that. So, so yeah, uh, we have been doing it for quite a long time now, and. I'm not sure about how things are going, uh, how long it will continue, because if, as you said, the elections for next year are the countdown clock, only God knows when when things will go to start. But, uh, yeah, then, yes. If we still next year, by this time, still talking, that is a miracle. Five years. I know. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yes. That's amazing. (laughs) I I know. uh, Oh, no. Yeah, we certainly live live in amazing times. We literally living through, uh, through biblical times, what the Bible has prophesied. 2,000 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Because. So it's 2023. It's late. It's the it's the latter part or the later part of 2023. So we go back to the so 2023 to the fall of 2022 to the fall of. Uh, wow. So yeah, it's been around 2019 or so that we started bringing you on. That's yeah, amazing. 2018. Wow, 2018. That's just unbelievable. Oh, man, this is frying my mind. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're getting really close, my friend. So did you want to go ahead and close with a prayer for us tonight? I, uh, my mind yeah. is blown. I think I'm going to go into the corner and start, you know, start like, I don't know, like this. <laughs> I may will watch an episode of, uh, maybe I will watch before oh, Pat, I go my favorite Martian. episode of, I got to watch, you're yes. right, no, you're right, I got to watch like an episode of My Favorite Martian before I go to bed tonight, and then I'll sleep like a baby. It's it's already on, it's already on one of my two uh, screens, 
because I got to uh, 32 inch uh, screens uh, that I worked with. Oh in. man, there you uh, go, co- man, you're set. You're Two set. Monitor. I hooked you up. I hooked you up. You're going to be busy until Jesus comes. <laughs> Watching reruns. Yeah. Uh, All right. Now, my, God now bless you, brother. Why don't you go ahead and say a prayer for us and cut us yes. loose, and we'll see you next now, month for show number 66 as we continue the saga, the never-ending saga yes. of the Bible and times. <laughs> Praise yes. God. What is missing is aliens in the mix, that they come and take sides. That could be Maybe the favorite Martian. I wonder on whose side he will take, but okay. All right, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. It's good. Doesn't compute. All right, Lord Jesus Christ, I come before you. Uh, you are the greatest and the most mightiest and powerful. I didn't know you started. Ray, I'm sorry, man. I didn't have my headphones on. Forgive uh, me, that's, please. That's okay. Other Don't worry. Jesus, we're clearing the air. There's no more Bill Murray. In the name of Jesus, go ahead, brother. God bless you. All right. Okay. Yeah, Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you and uh, we ask you to keep our eyes open and our ears and all, all our senses, what's going on around us. Let us focus on the Bible and on your words, what you have uh, written about the times that we are living in. I ask you to keep uh, John protected, his assistant Nancy protected, and anyone that works on the programs uh, like this one and all the others that John are doing. I ask you to keep the listeners that are listening today, tomorrow, and whenever, keep them safe. Keep also their eyes and ears open and protect their families, Lord Jesus Christ. I ask you to to keep the eyes open and put your love in the hearts of our leaders, if they are Christian or not, but so that hopefully some sanity comes back in them. So yeah, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, I ask you to keep everyone safe till it is your time for everyone to go. And I ask you, uh, yeah, to keep everyone protected especially in the next two weeks as we kind of have Halloween as well and the timing of this, what's going on in the the foreground of Halloween is another suspicious thing. But, yeah, Lord Jesus Christ, I ask you to keep everyone protected, especially the people that are uh, meant and targeted for uh, the rituals that will take place. Already we have seen the ritual deaths are happening with the hospital and the other things, but I ask you to keep the children safe that are marked for uh, sacrifice, Lord Jesus Christ, especially in the next two weeks. I ask you in your holy and sacred name. Oh, and I also ask you to keep other survivors safe that are listening. And I want to say to all the other survivors out there that are seeking uh, help, Go online, find Bright Ministry International and write in for a counselor or coach if you need help. They are one of the very few uh, 
online ministries that were still alive and working with survivors and stay safe. And I bless everyone that has been listening to this and stay safe. And yeah, Lord Jesus Christ, that is it for now and hopefully till next time. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, Brother Robert, for joining us tonight. As always, uh, the key word for you, brother, is valerian root. Anytime Gen Z pops into your head, get yourself some valerian root. Take a couple of drops, put them under your tongue, and you'll feel much better, I promise. All right, God bless you all. Thank you all for joining us tonight. We'll see you on Friday night, 7 p.m., Lord willing, for the Friday night prayer vigil. That is if I can make it till then. Thank you, Robert. God bless you. God bless you all. You're welcome. Keep on praying for Pray always to be counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand in line at the wedding supper. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Robert. God bless you all. See you then. You too. And stay safe as well. Bye-bye.